fucked up. You fucked up big time. You're incapable of running this shit. Sit your five dollar ass down before I make change. You tuned in to the place to be. You tuned in to HNIC. Head nurse in charge. You tuned in to the place to be. You tuned in to HNIC. Forget about the way it used to be. This is not a damn democracy. We are in a state of emergency, and my word is law. There's only one boss in this place, and that's me. The HNIC. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, King Kurt, live back at it again on a Thursday night. HNIC Productions bringing you our first-time interview with Ringside Live. New content coming out every single day now. We pumping it out as best as we can because, you know, this black nerd shit got to keep going. I got with me a very special guest. We're going to get to him in a second, but I want to introduce my co-host with us tonight. To the right of me, I hope she's on the right. At least on the feed, she looks like she's on the right. The first lady of the ringside live. That's right. Orient yourself, baby. If you could be so kind as to introduce yourself to the people. What's up, y'all? It's Goddess of the Odd, LJ the Great right here. Y'all already saw me, if you did, all the clips, whatnot. I do a little writing, do a little interviewing, but I do have a passion for wrestling. I'm so honored to be here. Stevie Ray is one of those, like, names that you, like, hear about as a kid. So as you get older, he's, like, this hero. So I'm over here, like, on the inside. So please don't mind me. I'm over here fangirling. All right. I feel you. And my man, all the way from the party nerds, the man that is the grandmaster of facts. Jay, let him know who you be. James Grandmaster Facts Boyce, uh, one-eighth of the Party Nerds crew. Appreciate you, brother, for inviting me here. And I got to say, man, when you threw up that highlight reel, man, I, I'm glad you threw it up a second time because I was fucking inspired. Listen, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? listen, look, bro, I had just as much fun getting the clips. I was like, you know what I'm saying? oh, it was good to go back when wrestling was worth watching. Oops, Straight did I say up. that did I say that out loud? I'm nah, sorry. it's all right. You, you, dead, you dead ass correct. No. Yo, uh, yo, before we even get started, Jay, because LJ is all about AEW and the new, I'm like, no, nah, damn all that. The 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s? Come on, bro. On it. Uh, I be trying to school on that WCW life, but she don't want to hear me. She don't want to hear me, but that's okay. We got, we got one of the goats in here tonight, so she going to get a firsthand lesson in a second. Now, Un- last but understand. not least, my OG, Triple OG, the man who taught me to take my first bump ever. I'm talking about, he taught me how to get my big ass around and stick that landing. The legendary. <laughs> Don't laugh. That's, it's not that goddamn funny. I just got a visual. I'm it's sorry, not, it's not that goddamn funny. It's true. It's, OG, let them know who you be. One, two, one time for the one time. It's the oldest nerd in charge, a.k.a. Uncle Grandpa, but you know me as the one and only Ron Star. And I'm just so pleased to have Stevie Ray here with us tonight. And we're going to get into this thing. All right. So y'all already seen us fangirling, fanboying. Why or why would we be so excited? Well, yeah, I could talk about the 10-time championship. I could talk about being the dopest. I'm not going to say dopest black tag team. The dopest tag team, period. In my opinion, and I'm not just saying that because y'all know I'm about my business. I'm, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna gas nobody up on this show unless I truly believe it. And let's talk about the fact that that officially, even though I think it took a lot longer than it should have, 
Hall of Fame inductee representing my man 50 Graham, one half of Harlem Heat, my brother Stevie Ray. Thank you for joining us, brother. It's all good, man. It's all good. Glad to be here. All right, so let's get into this thing. Let's just let's jump right in. Um, first and foremost, have they picked the president yet? Before we even jump in, <laughs> <laughs> have, 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 has the president been picked yet? No, uh, abs- no, no. All right, so we're still waiting. So if if at any point in time America decides to finally oust fascism, uh, we will jump to that and, and and get to that at some point in the interview. But first, I kind of want to open up to Ron Starr. I know Ron had a couple of questions that he wanted to lead off with. Ron, why don't you get us kicked off? First of all, once again, thanks for, thanks so much for that interview, man. I've been I've been watching you for years, all the way back to global when you guys were the Ebony Experience. That was my first taste, and you know, just I, it's not so much of a question, but like you got you and your brother been such an influence on me and in my career, and you know, I just want to say thank you so much for setting a standard, you know. But and I do have one question, like coming in, who were some of your influences? I think I was I think um, I was influenced by professional wrestling period. You okay. Know, people ask me man. I I got so many people that I would bark out that it would be impossible to go through all of them. But I uh I was influenced by so many people, man. Just people in wrestling in general, man. I was just I was just a big fan, man. I was just a big fan. Now when I was a kid uh, when I was a kid, um, superstar Billy Graham was a guy that I used to like to watch when I was a kid, and he's the guy that you know kind of influenced me to be into weightlifting and bodybuilding and stuff like that. So I always can contribute him to uh, wanting me to be a big guy. You know what I'm saying? So, and but as far as wrestlers, he he was the wrestler that, oh, you know, that made me want to start lifting weights when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old. But as far as being a wrestler, hell, I was influenced by everybody, man. <laughs> everybody. Um, I just wanted to jump in real quick because. I know, Stevie, when you do interviews and whatnot, you get asked about your wrestling all the time. I kind of wanted to take a different direction because you're a content creator. You have your own podcast, and I've seen you do commentary. And and honestly, I you you do a show now with Russo, right? Yes. Could you tell us about that? What's your show about? And actually, I just finished uh, a couple hours ago. I was actually working on my working on some of my stuff right here. Uh, some of my past shows right here, trying to get them. Uh, yeah, you always on the grind, right? But uh, Russo and I do a show that we call it Black and White, and he's been he had been bothering me to do a show like this for man, quite some since last year. But I was doing another show with another friend of mine, and and we call that show uh, uh, Wrestling with History. And I had my other podcast that I used to do called Stand Up for Greatness. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of in between a lot of stuff. And I did a radio show also. So I was just busy, man. And I just didn't know how I was going to work it in. 
And when I stopped doing the show called uh, Wrestling with History, and the reason we call it Wrestling with History because I'm a wrestling, and the guy who did the show was a history major, so we called it Wrestling with History. But we never really, we never talked about wrestling though. We talked about everything but wrestling. But what we would do was take certain things in history, certain things in politics, and then we would relate them to what professional wrestling is, so you guys can understand it about how the correlation with professional wrestling is, because everything, uh, when you really look at how everything transpires, it's pro wrestling 101. <laughs> yeah. 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 Trump, Trump out here cutting promos. Oh, no. That's Rick Flair, bro. What you talking about? It's Rick Flair. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, Trump, is, he, got the, he got the same hair. He got the exact oh, same hair. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. wrestling can hit you on the head, in the back of the head, uh, with a hammer. You already know this. Yeah. And 20,000 people seen him do it. But he'll never come out on the next promo and say, yeah, I did it. He'll yeah. never do it. He'll always do it. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I hit that man right back with my fist, and yep. everybody saw it. You know what I'm yep. saying? <laughs> you never admit it, though. You know what I'm saying? And it just go, it'll fade away and go to the next guy. Right. We right. on to the next show. So, so going back to the best, and so I was like, okay, Vince was helping me start my new podcast, uh, Straight Shooting with Stevie Ray. As you can see, everything in the background right now. Though. This is my dungeon where I do my stuff at. And uh, I was like, cool, man. Uh, okay, man, I'll go ahead and do the show with you, so on and so forth, man. And, and from the beginning of the show, we started doing it back in, like, April, I guess. Mm-hmm. April, April, something like that. Well, man, it has really, on his brand now, it's number one show on his brand. He's been podcasting for five years. Ain't. Oh wow! Okay, okay. He's been putting in that, putting in that work. He's been putting in the work for five years, man. And he do a lot of shows, you know, throughout the week with different people. The show that he and I did together is the number one show in this deal now, and people are saying because I always tell him spontaneously and organically, bring the subjects up to me from a day to day basis. I don't want to hear about them, but then the day we do the show, then bring them up. So. I can challenge myself with, you know, kind of what I know or what I think I know and give them a piece of certain things. But with doing that, and I said, I don't want to see the emails and all that kind of stuff either. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm just one of them guys, man. I know. I like I know. I'm the same way. Don't send me nothing. I'll just show up on Showtime. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so then he'll, he'll hit me. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, before we do the show, he'll tell me, some of the emails and what some of the people are saying. Long as everything's positive, I don't have to read the rest of it. Just give me a couple, let everybody know that we're giving them the kind of content they want to see. Plus, we keep it serious, but we keep it funny. Really, we call it black and white because he's a white guy, I'm a black guy. But if we're going to tackle political issues, you got to be able to look at it from both sides. And not only that, I always tell white people, and I used to tell people this in the dressing room. You think you know me, you never will, because you just know me from television and driving by the hood 80 miles an hour. That's not the point of a black man. We know you inside and out. Black people that infiltrated everything you ever stood for. We know you. So that's why we complain about what you are. You don't even see who you are because you won't believe what you really are. So we attack things from that perspective. 
And as long as it's a respect thing, everybody can learn something from it. Word. Listen, Steve, you boy, you listen. Look, yesterday we have uh, our normal live show, which is right. like a two two hour show, and we weren't we we said, hey, with the presidential election and everything that's going on, we're not going to cover politics. We're not going to cover politics. You no, know we did talked about politics for an hour and a half because same thing when you when you're giving it from the black perspective, people don't know. People think they know. They think they know what we like. They think, oh, oh okay, I, I I saw a couple uh, hood movies. You saw Boys in the Hood and Minister Society, and you think you got us down pat, and right. that's not the case. And I love that because as a content creator, you always want to say, I'm more than a wrestler. Like, that's all you might know, but I have a mind of my own, and you're going to get these two cents whether you want them or not, sucker. Oh, I'm sorry. Get, get excited. <laughs> Start cutting promos in these. Yo. Yeah, right. for real, right? Calm, calm down, <laughs> so, Listen, listen, bro, because it's very rare that you get an opportunity to talk to somebody who gets it, but also came from a fandom that you love. Right. Goddess of the Odd, I know you wanted to kick off a question. Go ahead on. Well, I mean, only because we're on, on the topic of, of the podcast. So when I was doing, you know, like my lovely uh, Creeper thing, uh, on your IG, Mr. Stevie Ray. Um, I got really interested in your podcast, the straight shooting one. Now you call it the most dangerous podcast. Well, the world's yeah. most dangerous podcast. Dangerous Why dangerous. do you say that? Mm. Dangerous and controversial because if you get out of line, I'm in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, Stevie, please say, say it again. I'm going to tell you this. I was given that name by my peers, not myself, when I was in the business. The guys, the guys, even Tony Schiavone used to call me that because I don't know, but I'm from a different generation. I don't know how to talk to people but one way. That's how my mother raised me. Facts. And that straightener in. Listen, he said, I'm right in your way. You step out of line. No, no. Yes, you got to understand. Lovely. I was watching a video of Steve. He said, I'm the most honest man you'll ever meet. And he gave him a look. And I, Steve Ray has one of those looks where you like, you are, you are absolutely right, sir. I don't you want absolutely, sir. Well, yes, sir. I'm not going to call you on that. I don't, Listen, wanna, I, I don't need evidence. I don't need proof. Yeah. I will take We're not going to test them theories. <laughs> no, let's not. No, we, we what you say is what you say, sir. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, I tell people that because that's the way I was raised. I take pride in my integrity. I'm not a ass, I'm not an ass kisser and I'm not a bullshitter. Mm-hmm. I'm, just a guy, I'm just a guy from South East Houston that made it in the professional wrestling world. But people, you know, I always tell people, wrestling is just something I did. It ain't something I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, that's something that happened to take off, and I took advantage of it. I had a pretty good business and a pretty good life before I ever got into the professional wrestling business. So I never was your quote unquote professional wrestler with needed a professional wrestling life or that got off on being famous and somebody knowing who you were. I had this money, I had a lot of material shit. I ain't never gave two craps about stuff like that. That ain't me. Now, we, we do have a, a comment before I go to you, Grandmaster. We have a, a yeah. question from our viewers. Um, okay. Were there any racial issues you had to overcome while you were in the industry? 
Well, I'm going to put it like this. For anybody to ask a question like that that lives in the continental United States of America, then you're too old for me to tell you. <laughs> Preach it. Preach it. And I'm not trying to be facetious or try to insult anybody or anything like that. At the end of the no. day, anywhere in the continental United States of America, and the job of which you work is ran by white people. Mm. Okay? It's ran by white people in this country. That question is so self-explanatory, it's beyond any sane man's comprehension. Now, if you want to ask me, can you tell me about some of the racial hurdles that you and your brother had to jump over? Now, that's the question I can ask you. I, well, let me rework it for him. Cause, and let that stand. Listen, <laughs> and I'm not even going. I, just what you said, sir. Could you ask yourself that same question and give us an answer? <laughs> well, you know, uh, shit, it's been so many, you know, it's been so many, you know. I've told a couple of them on my other podcast, uh, on my uh, Stand Up for Greatness. I told a story one time about how, you know, they always try to set landmines. You know what I'm saying? They always try to set landmines for you. But the thing was, the third person that trained me and my brother, uh, Scott Casey, who inducted me and my brother in the Cauliflower Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, uh, gave us, as a white guy, sit me and my brother down, and he's like, man, I think you guys got the ability to make it. And he set us down, and he gave us the whole 411 journal, the unwritten mm-hmm. journal, as to what a black man in this business is going to experience if he makes it in the business. Give it again. That he said happened. So we were prepared for it. But to go into every single South, it go into certain incidents is kind of academic for me. But I just want people to know it's going to happen in any anything out there. You know, you hear this thing a lot about. Oh, just put yourself to it. You're going to make it. But a lot of time it gets so frustrating. You don't want to make it. But if you educated on it and you already know, that's the big difference. So me and my brother just kept all this stuff in mind. So whenever it came up, we was ready for it, man. So, okay. so, so a lot of our, I'm sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to interrupt you. A lot of our, a lot of our, our comments are coming in to ask about your thoughts about Hulk Hogan and his guy, I mean, it's a little, I mean, if, if you didn't know, Hulk Hogan used the N-word a while back, and he was canceled for the most part by the culture and by the being on Mars? Huh? What do you think I'm being on Mars? <laughs> look, look, brother, I'm on, I'm just asking, I'm asking, look, I just now, these ain't our questions. <laughs> well, I know all about the Hulk Hogan thing. Go ahead. Look. So at, at the end of the day, how do you feel about has has your feelings on Hulk Hogan changed post those qu- comments that he made? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I ain't met a white man today that didn't do drugs or say nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a quotable. That's that's a quotable. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're white and you're a white man in America and never use the word nigga. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Listen, if he said I never used the N-word, I can't trust you because I know you're lying. 
right. Listen, I got to thank Steve. Steve, you already got uh, – you? the panel's supposed to be making you laugh, not the inverse. Hold on. Right. <laughs> it can go. Like, it's a give and take situation. We can do that. Your laugh make me laugh. Yeah, listen. So we, it, is, it is a good back and forth. All right. Grandmaster, follow up. Go ahead, brother. Give no, a, listen, you better ask the right question. That's all I know. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but look, first yeah, off, look, look, it, it's an honor and a privilege to even have Thank a discussion you. with you, sir, after watching Thank as much as I have of Harlem Heat as much as I have of you. But but my question, my question is, um, from going from GF, uh, GWF to um, WCW, the choice of names, Ebony Experience to Harlem Heat, did you have a choice in any of your names? And did you, you know the reaction, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, what was He's the about reaction? to get your ass. He's about to get your ass. He's about to get your ass. You better be careful. He's about to get your ass, boy. Nah. Well, well, for one, well, for one, the transition from both the names and everything like that was that your was that y'all choice, or did somebody just give you all that? And was y'all reaction to it positive or negative? Man, that story and that whole transition transition was so convoluted Mm -hmm. Uh, let me see how I can see if I can break it down words I don't take up the whole show trying to explain it and show you how listen you got this chief go ahead you think you're in the big time you're like holy fuck they don't know no more than nobody else but anyway (laughs) uh I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know it's going to be a good story. That's 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 what you know. Delicious hot fresh tea. No, what it was was that you know we were supposed to come in. What the way professional wrestling works? What a lot of people don't know. A lot of things are ideas that are supposed to happen a certain way, but sometimes those ideas go awry. And when those ideas go awry, you got to come up with another game. Now, as far as Ebony Experience, we supposed to come in as heels, so we couldn't come in as Ebony Experience, you know, because Ebony Experience is a baby face. Mm-hmm. And, right. and then, you know, it, they had a problem with some legalities when we went from one organization to another. Uh, back in those, back in those, in the early things were changing. You just couldn't things that were on paper and legality. You know, now you got to go through legal and just broadcasting and all this other stuff whereas years before that man you just go from one place to the next keep the same name whatever all you know that was when in, in the uh infancy of things changing so that is why me and my brother the first year we were there we were called Kane and Cole okay mm-hmm. I, I remember that I remember that and then after we got through all the legalities uh and we came upon a name because they wanted to call it Chicago Heat. The what? What? We didn't pick out. And if I remember all this stuff, I remember, I remember interviewing Sid Vicious a couple of years ago, and he remembered all the stuff better than I did. And <laughs> which is amazing. I was like, hell, it was me. I was there. I used to remember. Because I've been hit on, hit on the head with too many chairs or something. <laughs> <laughs> It was during that NWO run. I'm telling you. Yeah. And uh, so 
after the legalities and everything opened up, we went back to the office and said, no, we don't want to be Kane and Cole anymore. We want to be both PhD related because people remember us in Global for that shit we had down there with the PhD Ray. But you know, the Harlem Heat thing had kind of caught on. So we just kind of kept it Harlem Heat, but we could put our regular names back on the book and Stevie Ray. And we just kind of rolled with that and it worked out, man. Gotcha. Um I, I kind of want to go back to to to, to what he, just talking about the beginning. The Booker T and Stevie Ray are actual blood brothers. You know, there's a lot of works where people, right. you know, say that they're brothers and and they they really aren't aren't. aren't. And Booker right. T talked about his stint in incarceration and really how you supported him and had his back during that time. And right. uh the Hall of Fame speech was single-handedly one of the most moving speeches just because you get an opportunity to see these superheroes be humans. I just wanted to ask you, Stevie Ray, mm-hmm. how was that for you to sit there amongst all those people admiring the body of work you have done over the years? What is that like? What does that feel like to be dubbed a, a wrestling Hall of Famer? I, it was kind of hard to get to him because I had been up drinking all night. So, <laughs> yo, you're a real one. Come to Philadelphia. Listen, come to Philadelphia. I got bottles on deck, Stevie. Anytime, anywhere. Huh? I got bottles for you, baby. Listen, if you drink, you with the right crew tonight. Oh, that's, no. the that's the thing. I don't drink, but I was just celebrating that night because a lot of my buddies. Gotcha. From Houston, came up and right. hung out with me. I had no choice in the matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> Got you. Peer pressure is a mother. Yeah, y'all buddies from H Town be partying super hard. I'm from San Antonio originally, so okay. I know all about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, my best friend from San Antonio. Really? Yeah. There's actually like a lot of talent has come out of Texas, but like, you know, Houston and San Antonio and Dallas, especially, especially now, a lot of good shit happening out of Texas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all our New Yorker fans. He's not really from 110th Street. Right. <laughs> that, yo, that was, that was going to be my next question. That was going to be my Hey, but, Steve, uh, you should have seen all the sad faces in the chat. They were like, wait a damn minute. He from yeah. where? A lot of my buddies that came up and we was hanging out and, you know, I was up all night. If you look at me now and then look at my face in that ring, you was like, this dude like, he's ready to go straight. Listen, <laughs> Stevie, I'm glad you said it because I was Put like, picture back up. We need evidence. Put the no, no, back Stevie, up right Stevie, no, no, no. You got to understand because you know I went through all the pictures. It looked like Stevie, like, how much the hell longer are we going to be? I'm, I'm about to get up out of here. I appreciate it. Thank you and good night. Oh, That's God, you know, I, I was dead, man. Oh, bro. I'm gonna tell, I tell you this. That was one of the. Very good weekend, you know. Very, I'm very honored to be in in any anytime someone has done something that people actually appreciate, and, and you brought some laughter, and you brought some entertainment, and you made people forget about their problems. I'll always be proud of that, man. But that weekend, Hall of Fame, man. Oh my God, I'm so ready to get the hell out of this walk. It was funny. <laughs> Oh my All right, so follow up question. Just a follow up question, then I'm gonna kick it off to somebody else because y'all know I got I got to get my rocks off. This is the only time I ever be able to actually get it from the horse's mouth. 
10 championships in WCW. 10. Which one was your favorite one that you won? I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember. <laughs> you know what? I ain't even mad at that. I tell people all the time, I never cared about it. I just kind of went to work, man. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, we got the belts. And next thing I know, two and a half years later, we still got the belts. So I was like, <laughs> you know, that's what I do, man. Sometimes we lose them. Sometimes we, you know, I, people just sent me, this is the God truth. I know I sound like I'm, you know, bullshitting people. Uh, this is the God truth. People send me videos of me and my brother losing the belts and winning the belts. And I look at the tape and go, I don't remember that. I think it's the professional wrestling that I just went to you know, that I got a mental block. I got a mental block. If it wasn't for my brother telling me how many times we won the belt, I wouldn't have never knew. <laughs> that's what that's, that's what brothers are for. Enjoying, enjoying themselves. He ain't worried yep. about nothing. Like, look, I'm going to show up and do what I want to do and do it well. I'm going to go to Facone. Just, all right, I have something with them belts. That's nice. It looks Listen, nice. if, if being in the Hall of Fame, he was like, look, can we get up out of here? Damn them belts. <laughs> I, mean, I, right. I had a good time at the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, I was just, you know, because I got a couple of buddies in New York. I was just looking forward to, because I'm so used to being in front of people. You know what I'm saying? When you're in the wrestling business, being in front of thousands of people don't bother you. Anymore. Right, right, right. So going out in my speech and stuff like that, well, you know, I put the speech together myself. And then I tell you what I do remember some crony that worked for Vince coming up to me and wanting me, wanting to know everything about the speech. And I'm like, wanting to tell him, man, leave me the fuck alone, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> I know that's uh, right. You know, and then uh, the next day, <laughs> Mania, uh, I was sitting in catering, sitting in catering, and I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. Me and uh, I don't know if you guys know Chuck Fito. You ever heard of Chuck Fito? Yeah, I know Chuck Fito. I know Chuck Fito. Yes. Okay. He used to be on the wire and all that stuff, and he was so anarchy too. Yeah. Yeah. He he was bodyguarding. Uh, I seen him in catering. I'm like, who who are you here with, man? And he was like. Uh, he was from John Jett and the Blackhearts. So okay. all kind of people. Now look over to my right, and it's Teddy Long. Oh, it's Teddy Long and Ron Simmons. So I was like, hey, man, what's up? Because their table was right by mine, even though they weren't together. So we could talk to each other if you just look to the right. And they said, me and Ron, say, me and Ron last night, we had a bet going. And I was like, a bet about what? They said, a bet about you. Yep. And that was like, what about me? They was like, okay, we all know how he is, man. This is his opportunity to say some political stuff. <laughs> and they do use the right one. They said, we well, how you are. This is going to be your perfect opportunity to say some <laughs> stuff when you got the whole stage listening to you. Yup. Everybody know how you are. And I was like, man, come on, y'all. He was like, no, man, we would come every time they said they would say, okay, here it comes. He's getting ready to say something. They waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was like, man, come on, man. You know me better than that, man. I so I didn't know people really looked at me like that. 
that deep in the business, not my own brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yep. he, he said, he said, I expect that from the other side. Right now, I know why Vince didn't want to know my own speech. <laughs> you, that's right. Scare him, Stevie Ray. I don't care. Keep him scared. I ain't trying to scare nobody, brother. I mean, I just don't apologize for what I believe in and who I am. Nope, don't I'm ever. No, and I love that. All right, Ron, you had another follow-up question. Well, um, you know, uh, actually, it's not even wrestling. It's not even wrestling related. Who's who's in your playlist? Who, who you listen to? Which, what, what kind of music are you into? What was that? Music. What, what's what's on your music playlist? What are you listening to? Motown. Man, if you guys, if you guys, if I wasn't using my phone right now to do a Zoom meeting, I'll let you listen to. It. <laughs> All right. I got everything. I listen to everything. I'm the same way. I listen to all genres of music. I have a 25 year old daughter, and I raised her to never be brainwashed by music and never be endeared by music in a way for it as you are forced to listen to what people want you to listen to. Mm. So I'm saying music is. You be out here dropping gems in these streets all day. I came up with an open mind about music, and that's why I can enjoy so much music. But today's young people, they have been forced to listen to one genre of music, which is hip-hop, and there's nothing wrong with hip-hop. But if you don't have a variety of music in your life, like a variety of everything, then you only can be consumed by one. And that's cheating the human mind of what is so glorious and wonderful about music. Right. Big facts. All right, Goddess of the Odd, you had a follow-up question. Uh, Okay, so what, like, whether it be on the indie wrestling scene or just whoever you have noticed, who is an up-and-coming, like, wrestler or a wrestler who's on the scene but still kind of not as, like, well-known? Who do you have your eye on right now? Because that's who I'm interested in. A guy right here in Houston by the name of Ryan Davidson. He is, he is, he, sh- I, ho- I hope he makes it, man. I used to work with him here when we worked over at uh, Reality of Wrestling. He still works for Reality of Wrestling. But this guy, he's got it. He's got it. And I've done a couple of interviews about him. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll make it to the big time because, man, he's got the mental aptitude. He understands the business and he understands what makes what you have to have to make it to the next level. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing. a lot of people can teach you the moves. Right. You have so many other elements to it to make it in the big time. Super fast. Yeah, I have a ring presence, so forth. I know how to like, like work a crowd and everything. And just a real quick, like, random question about uh, interviewing. If you could interview anybody, who would you want on your show that you have not had on there yet? O.J. Simpson. For oh, real? No, no, wait, that? Steve, hold on. You, gotta wait, you can't just say that. You got to tell why? us why. why? Because, because O.J., first of all, I've been studying the O.J. Simpson tribe for almost 17 years. And the first show, if you, you, I remember I was telling you about the show that Russo and I did together. The first show that we did, I had did an O.J. Simpson show, two and a half hours, 
on my old podcast when I called Wrestling History. And Russo was interested in that. So he wanted, when the first show we did, he wanted to talk about Jay Simpson. So we started talking about him. And he said, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit from my fans, so on and so forth. But I want to do it anyway. I said, okay, cool. So we did a whole show. And I think we did a little bit over an hour, hour and 15 minutes, something of that nature, about O.J. Simpson. The next week, he calls me up and goes, man, everybody, every email that I that I got, 99% of them were positive. I said, mm. that's because all the information that you've gotten from the O.J. Simpson trial, you got it from white America. Talk about it, Stick. Talk about it. You got it from white America that had an agenda. Mm-hmm. But if you mm. got, which is to me an experiment that we still see going on to this day. If you right preach enough propaganda, and this is what Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels did. If you preach enough mm. propaganda and you do it with the right person, everybody will believe it. That is the same thing we see going on today with the president of the United States of America. You can't have a real politician do what you know what? I can put my real hat on now. I'm feeling Can real safe in these streets. <laughs> Go ahead on and put my real regular hat on. So when you hear the word O.J. Simpson, the first thing people think is murderer. Mm-hmm. You don't know more than what the television told you or what a documentary on ESPN told you or, or a miniseries on FX told you. Right. Ooh. You never really studied the real truth. So that is why I would love to have O.J. Simpson because nobody, anybody, when people would bring up questions when we were doing that show, when Russo was bringing up questions, and I would answer his questions, I would give him a scenario. Who kills at 10 o'clock at night? I'm from the hood. O.J. Simpson is from Patrell Hills in San Francisco. Who kills at 10 o'clock at night in California in the summer? <laughs> Don't nobody go to bed in, in California at 10 o'clock at night. Yep. Think about it. Feels like the night is just not starting and that's not ideal time to kill somebody. Sorry, I'm just curious because, you know, true crime. <laughs> no, because ain't no black folks going to bed. You, when the last time you've been to bed at 10 o'clock? Yeah. Go kill somebody in that neighborhood, nothing but rich folks, there's restaurants and stuff all over the place. Everybody People walking up and down the street, taking their dogs out to take a poop. Okay? Yep. At 10 o'clock. Do you know anybody who committed a crime in a neighborhood? It ain't who sleep at that time. And I, I gotta get a flight at eleven o'clock. I put it like this. I ain't been asleep at 10 o'clock in the last 38 years. Of my life, and I just turned 38. <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. I gave him another, uh, and I asked him, What do you think about that? Figure that out. And he said, Well, I don't know. Well, how you well, how you believe something and you so in, ingrained in believing something did something if you can't answer my question? Yeah. So what do you think he was doing as they're listening to this? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, I'm not saying listening to Court TV or uh, yeah. and all these other shows at night with white pundits talking about what went on between a man and so-called murder. Okay. 
Ron Goldman got off at 9.58. He left the restaurant at 9.58. He stays eight to nine, maybe 10 minutes away from the restaurant in a walk. How could he leave the restaurant, get to his hotel after he'd been working at a restaurant smelling like bologna all day? <laughs> Specifically bologna. Okay. It is, well, it's definitely bologna. Well. Get to his apartment. Shower. Eat. He was babysitting his friend's dog because he was borrowing her car. That's right. been in his house all day. How long does it take to take a dog out to, for him to poop? A whole hell of a lot more, longer than a few minutes. Okay, well, the took place at 10.15. Answer that for me. Listen, we about to solve the OJ, OJ. right here yep. on Head Nerds in Charge. No, no, no. Because honestly, just like he said, propaganda. If you need any indication as to how well propaganda works, you can just look at the current administration. It That's doesn't matter saying. if it's factual or not. If you say it enough, people going to believe it. People are going to believe it. If you listen to confusion long enough, it starts to make sense. So Ron Goldman, okay, for all the young, for all the young people out there, and I tell this to the guys all the time that I've had this conversation with. Brother, back in the day, I was a straight up G when I'm 22, 23, 24, 25. You dig what I'm saying? I'm out there Got hanging you. in the combat zone, dog. And not only that, I was the guy that people called to clean their clothes up. So I'm all in the streets back in those days, man. That was my home. Okay. Ron Goldman was going to the hottest club on a, on a Sunday night in L.A. Now, this is where all the Hollywood people come to. This is where all the girls that want to be actresses, all the guys that want to be actors, all the producers that's trying to pick up girls and tell them, I can get you in the movie. The whole this was all the drugs. The whole thing going on at this at this at this uh, club tonight. Now I've been I got you. Hold on. I an eight hour shift. You know, it's all, all over me. Okay, how long is it going to take a twenty five year old man to get home, get dressed? Now I'm a G because I'm a part time actor and I'm a part time model. How long is it going to take me to get ready? Oh, he got the primp and preen. He got the primp and preen. Skin can How long? And I'm going to meet my homeboy. How long is it going to take me to get ready? Ow. You going you gonna, you gonna to take a wet rag and wipe that bologna sauce? <laughs> bologna sauce? Yeah. Honey, it's the rooter and the suda. That's a whole bath. They, they, they used to call it the whole bath. That's right. The whole bath. They get a whole bath. As long as they're saying good. I'm a G, dog. I'm a G. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I got to go make some connections. How long is that going to take me? Forty five right. minutes. It's going to take you some minutes. Take you out. Maybe at least on the short side, forty five minutes. Right or wrong? Right. You absolutely yeah, no, right. No, 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 yeah. Absolutely right. Yep. If he got home, if he got home at ten ten, at forty five minutes of that, that's close to eleven o'clock. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Jose Simpson was catching a plane. He's driving. He catching a limo. At 11 o'clock. Mm. Listen, well, you about to make me go Google more about OJ because I, 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 I was OJ didn't do that. I, listen, I just imagine him having a wall with all of the pictures. With the, paint, with the, with the lines, like I told y'all. He's all like right here at this time, this specific date, listen, and right at this exact same time. Hey, just OJ, like, he, he looking like, motherfucker, I knew it. Wait a minute, hold on real quick. We got a caller all the way from Cali. Uh, Call you on with the head nurse in charge. 
Who, who am I speaking with? Uh, Steve Joyner. What's going on, Steve? Uh, <laughs> you got a question for Stevie Ray? Yeah, Stevie, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Stevie. It's a good interview so far. I, I had a question. Uh, actually, I was going to ask you. Uh, can you tell the uh, the John Tenta story with Arn Anderson? <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's preface this. For those that don't know, John no, Tenta was – that's, that's earthquake. earthquake. That's Earthquake, earthquake. right. Yeah, or, the, yeah. or, I, or, or at one point, he was like the shark. I think he was the, the shark, shark in one in one instance. Right, right, right. The shark, yeah. He's a man. I, I mean, I, I mean – Anybody can go pull that up on YouTube right now, man. I no, mean, I, we want, you want you to give us the team of your... Right, wait, wait, wait. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stevie, if, if you told this story a bunch of times, can we just get the short version? Actually, I'll, actually I've only told it once. Oh, come on now. Hey, you look. That was on my podcast, my Stand Up for Greatness podcast. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we ain't taking no views from Stevie, all right? Look, but... But the thing is, Steve, what you got to understand is, I was telling that story organically because my co-host had brought it up. And that's why it came out so funny in the way that it did. And I think Steve wanted me to replicate that. That's hard to yeah, do. Yeah, because you, you were imitating Tenta and everybody. He does the voices of these people. That's the funny thing. He'll, he'll do the voices of the wrestlers. Listen, let me just say this. Let me say this. For anybody watching right now, go on YouTube. Stand Up for Greatness, up for greatness Stevie Ray. Hands down, one of the funniest stories that you I will hear it. about earthquake. If you were earthquake, I remember earthquake I and remember. typhoon, the natural disasters. That's that's, that's yes, that's my boy. That was my boy, man. And I don't know, I can't remember exactly how my my co-host got on the subject. We was talking about pay-per-views or something like that, and I just remembered that story, man, and it started to come back in my head. Because I'm going to tell you, John Tenter, my brother, and I were very, very cool. Matter of fact, when John died, he stayed not too far from my brother. He had moved to Houston. And he had moved out near by where my brother lived. God rest his soul. He was a cool guy. And I never seen this dude upset in, his, in my life. <laughs> One night that he got pissed off with Arn Anderson. Curtis and he almost told the trailer up. He was so mad. I, oh, my goodness, man. But no, uh, Steve, man, I'm... I'm oh, I, I, I put it like this, though. But, Steve, wait, 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 now, mind you, you ain't no small dude yourself. So right. for, for you to say, hey, you know, he was, he was mad because I, I, I heard the story. Now, for those that might not know, this is Earthquake. Now, that's a big dude. That's a big dude. So, to me, my question is, who was one of the guys in the locker room that you worked with that you that you personally said, you know what? That's not the guy I want to piss off. I don't give a fuck who I piss off. Yeah, I mean, my ass. Look, I'm look, man. I mean, I'm straight off the corner, man. You know what I'm saying? I come from the South Park, man. Southeast Houston, bro. Dress Roman be scared of really, bro. You know, I, I mean, love you know it. I used to own my own security company, bro. Me and Ahmed Johnson. Oh, wait, no. wait, wait. Big Ahmed. 
some of the stuff I've had to deal with in the streets, and you talking about some sucker sitting in a dressing room? Really? Come on, preach it. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm cutting my camera off. I, I, he ain't gonna get my ass. He ain't gonna get my ass. I'm out of here. Nobody. I'm trying to get along with everybody, but no, ain't no punk in me, bro. None. Wait, like, what did Erica Badu said? She said, you know, I choose peace, but don't come at me. She's like, uh, this tea and incense will turn into Colt 45 and Newports real quick. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. Yeah. All right. So, okay, then. Best. You know what? What the hell can I do? Grandmaster, did you have a follow-up question? Because I don't have no butt cheeks left. I understood. <laughs> now, now you, now you basically have had the opportunity to be with a few managers: Colonel Rob Parker, uh, Miss Sherry, Jacqueline. Is any uh, of them stand out, or any like cool ass stories based on the managers that basically I mean, that were that Bob, were in charge Bob, of all the heat? Parker was never our manager. Uh, oh. I mean. On our tryout match, he was a manager. That was it. Yeah. Uh, Sherry pretty much was with us uh, for our whole, you know, pretty almost like 75% of our our run there. And Jackie was only with us for a couple of, mm-hmm. I don't know. She was, I don't think she ever went on the road with us. I think she was just on a, with on TV for, that didn't work. I didn't like it at all. That was somebody trying to keep their pussy around or whatever. You know. But, uh. <laughs> So they use yeah. they use all need to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I don't get involved in that kind of bullshit, man. But uh, but Sherry and my brother and I were very very tight, very very tight, and we uh, we we you know we worked together. You know, we actually went to the office and asked them for Sherry B. Would she work with us? And they agreed, and the whole the rest of it is history, man. Nothing against Jackie. But I honestly think somebody was trying to, you know, hold with the job 100%. So, hey, let's put it with the heat and see how that goes, whatever. Man, you don't do that to somebody that's uh, iconic. Right. You don't do that to somebody iconic. You know, we either go by ourselves or we don't go at all. Because mm. after everything, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I really didn't give a shit about holding heat anymore. Wait, wait, all right, now, okay, that's that's a great, I, I kind of want to go down that path because a lot of people ask the question, how come Harlem Heat never wrestled in the WWE? And I, I didn't want to go to WWE because I knew what WWE was going to do to all the WCW talent. Right. Yeah. Yep. You honestly think I'm going to run from some Daisy Duke when bad knee, bald head, pussy like Steve Austin and work with Sir, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, I just wanted to say that you have completely solidified why I love the Harlem Heat from day one. It's no, because y'all, y'all know this. I listen. I always knew him as stunning Steve Austin. I was like, he was the Hollywood blondes for him and Flying Brian Pillman. So to see him as Stone Cold, yeah, okay, come on, yeah. it was weird, yeah. It, they, for old school, for people who actually came up in wrestling, it was really weird. Mm-hmm. Like father for the longest time. Like I said, brother, ain't no punk, ain't no pussy in me, bro. All of me came out. Oh, yeah. of me. 
We lifted people out of their seats. Now you're gonna ask me to run from this pussy? You kidding me? <laughs> no. Man, in my fucking life. Mm. We have questions in the chat. I don't know if we have time. Uh, LJ, if you see the question, if you see questions in the chat, just just, just go ahead on and ask them because oh, I'm trying to keep up. Everybody's asking a bunch of questions, Stevie Ray. We organizing them. Um, we got Sterling who said, "When you wrestle, what did you consider to be the baddest female wrestler, either admired that you either admired or that you had an affinity for, like a crush on? A crush, crush on. on. I tried to say it real fancy, like nah." Who- <laughs> Who was your no. crush on? I'm being around the bus, Kurt. I don't think I've ever had a crush on anybody in the wrestling business, man. I never took my, I never took my inhibitions to work with me, man. That's just something I'm gonna do. That's any I job I do. Don't ever do that. Never do that. Oh, no. I mean, excuse, excuse the young lady, but man, pussy ain't gonna never fuck with my money. Oh, trust me, she don't mind. <laughs> she I good. promise you, bro. Listen, you right right a good there. company, brother. Listen. I well, I'm just saying, I've seen that happen to a lot of guys in the business, but uh, I don't roll like that. But uh, be that as it may, I think the best female wrestler was Sherry. Mm. And, I, and I would time, Sherry's like the meanest, baddest. She could work with the guys, man. That's how good she was. Yeah, she really was. That's why when we, when she would help us win, man, it wasn't like some somebody doing something like Medasia when she was with Scott Steiner. No, we wanted Sherry because she was tougher than us. When we would practice our interviews, if you go back and look at them, Sherry was the meanest. She was the meanest out of all three of us. Yes. Hurt your feelings. Anytime you say sister Sherry, you know she got to be tough. This ain't no Johnny Cobb lately. You a sister now. You straight off the corner just like us. So you got to act like us. You got to dress like us. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why the whole thing worked. And that's why we would call ourselves three the hard way. Yeah. Because she was a part of the team. I love that. somebody out here because, okay, you fuck with the book or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think that? Sean had a great question. So... So I hope I answered that question, but uh, no, no, you answered it well. You absolutely yeah. did. Love, lovely. You got another question? You saw another question? Sean MacArthur had a real good question. I think. Yeah. Have you influenced any of the superstars we watch today? If so, who was the greenest wrestler you've had to mentor that's now in the big time? If any are applicable. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever mentored anybody. I've had a lot of guys come up and. Uh, tell me about, you know, me talking to him. And I don't even remember the conversation. <laughs> like, boy, you said you remember you. That was 15 years ago. Would you that say, one you know, Ray's like, wait, aren't you, um, um... This whole yeah. thing blur. This <laughs> <laughs> the business or, you know, very young in the business and stuff like that. I had, uh, 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 what's his name in WWE? Uh, oh, my God. What's his name? Uh, with the red hair. He used to be tag team with Cesaro. Sheamus. Yeah, Sheamus. No, Cesaro of the barn. Oh, Sheamus. Yeah, Sheamus. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the yeah. elevator together. We're on the elevator together. And he was like, man, I met you in Ireland. And I'm like, really? I'm like, the Ireland? club, man. And you came in the club. And I was like, okay. Uh, I said, I hope I didn't. 
I'm hoping I didn't say something. <laughs> he, literally, see me raise like, wait, he like, why are you saying? telling me this? Did I did <laughs> I do something? Did I not do something? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. You know, I'm hanging <laughs> out, man. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, Listen, you know, like, no, man, you were so cool, man. And man, you said I was asking you questions about wrestling. You sit there and talk to him and answer them. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, man, I always remember that. And I always was like, if I ever got a chance to tell you, man, thank you. And I was like, okay, cool. Hey, what'd you say, Steve Ray? Oh, good. I ain't got to whoop your ass. All right. That works. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to do. I can, I can sit down and Because as the man said, ain't no bitch up in the head like, at all. Not a bit. Not a bit. Uh, uh, my boy, uh, uh, what you call it? I had him on my show. They still feed me more. What's his name? Ryback. Ryback. Ryback said, man, I met you. I think you were just getting in the business. He said, no, I was a teenager, man. And I was thinking about getting in the business. And I worked at a gold gym in Las Vegas. And I said, yeah, I remember that girl. They used to do it all the time. He said, yeah, but you came in there one day, man. And I stopped you and you talked to me for about 30 minutes, man. And you was telling me how the business was and what to look out for and how this is. He's like, brother, I'll never forget that, man. I just wanted to tell you thank you, man, and how you took your time out. And I, I don't remember any of these encounters. Right. You know, I don't remember any of them. But I've always been one, too. If any young man is aspiring to do anything and he want to ask me for advice, I ain't got enough time for you, bro. I ain't got enough time for you. Because when, when I'm doing my thing, I'm not Stevie Ray. I'm just a guy trying to drink a beer or trying to get a workout, brother. I don't I don't carry my persona on my back. Mm. That's mm. Yeah. that's saying. LJ, you said you had a follow-up question? Well, yeah, um, about the advice and you know, and you having spoons for that. It's like, look, I don't really want you to hype me up, but if you want us to have an actual conversation, so is there a piece of advice that you like make sure to to tell as many people as you can who have asked you for advice, or does it only like depend on where you're at at that time. Well, you know, it all depends on what they're asking. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I talk to a lot of young people all the time. I'm a liaison for the South Campus of Houston Community College, so I'm talking to young people about you know just life things all the time. So professional wrestling is no different. It's only a business, but it's in the entertainment business, and I can give back what I know. Mm-hmm. Same like Casey did with me and my brother. I I think it's my obligation to do that whenever I get a chance. Yeah, to just be to pass on the knowledge. This business, I tell people, this business ain't for anybody. You know, as people do it from the outside in, it's either to look at, okay, they're doing this and they're athletic, they're having fun and traveling and this, that, and the other. People don't know how difficult that is. So when I talk to people, I always ask them, how much are you willing to give to make it? Because if you ain't going to sacrifice something, this ain't the business for you. Because you might have to sacrifice everything. Mm. Damn. All right, listen, Steve Ray. I, I there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people in the chat, but there's way too many questions. We are hour in, and I I, I told I said I wasn't going to take up too much of the brother's time. He just came from work. I'm good. I'm work. I'm working right. I'm working as I'm talking to listen, you, Stevie Ray. Don't play with me, bro. Because I listen. Hey. We gonna keep the tra- <laughs> listen. <laughs> 
Say it again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm downloading episodes that me and my boy are gonna upload this weekend. Oh, I gotta get them. I gotta get them to him for editing and stuff like that because I'm looking at a few of them. So I gotta, and I'm writing down why I want stuff edited out. So I'm working right now. So you got. All right, so like you really, company. It ain't like you really bother me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you me. Listen, for those in the chat, for those in the chat, leave your questions. We'll keep the conversation going. Remember, you can still call into our call-in number, 267-271-4219. I'm going to screen the calls because if you're any Harlem Heat fans and haters, y'all need to get out of here. That's not what we're doing today. But I I, kind of want to keep the ball rolling. Okay. And and, and just – Kind of uh, go ahead, Jay. You, you, you. No, no, no. I, my, my one, uh, my one follow-up question was basically being a tag team for so long. When you guys decided to, uh, to do your do your routes of doing like solo work, did the dynamic change, or was that an easy another easy transition for you guys? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I don't care what I'm doing in professional wrestling. You know, because everything is a challenge, but everything's rewarding. So in the, when you're in the entertainment business and you are in the uh, business of just being creative, everything is a challenge because it ain't like rumper room. It ain't like, you know, you're playing something over here. Now you, the teacher make you go over there. You giving back, my, my allegiance was to professional wrestling. I'm not a selfish person. So whatever I could do for the betterment of the show, that's what I was willing to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best at it and make it work. I'm gonna make it work. You know, whether it's in the NWO thing or whether me doing commentary, you know, hey, I'm gonna make it work. So I'm going to work, man. I'm like James Brown, bro. <laughs> Pay the cost to be the boss. Yeah, yeah, I man. For a lot of people, I, I don't. I'm not a selfish person, so it's like, oh, shit, I want to be. Oh, they're doing this to me. I used to have to hear people talk like that all the time. Right, man, like I said, ain't no bitch in me, brother. I'm <laughs> to accept whatever you give me, and I'm gonna make it work. I'm that No, no, no. Seriously, Stevie, Stevie Ray, you just renamed our episode. The episode, the name of this episode is now "Ain't No, ain't bitch, no bitch, ain't bitch in Me." Bitch in me. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. I'm about to change it right now. Ain't no bitch in me. <laughs> we got one more question from the chat, and it's a it's a workout question. They want to know at your peak, what were you what were you bench pressing? My best bench is my best bench is five twenty five. Good gracious, alive, Lord Father. My bench is five twenty five, and I can go on record right now. As the Lord is my witness, and I will put this on my fallen siblings or parents. No drugs. Say that. Well, okay. Because somebody somebody had a juicing question in the chat, but I wasn't going to go there. That's natural. I'll tell you that. Anything somebody want to ask me. I'm open to anything, bro. Mm Mm-hmm. So 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 all right. So let's 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 keep it a let's let's keep it real. Everybody knows that juicing happens in wrestling. It's a thing. Everybody knows that juicing is a sport. Very true. Now, did, did was there ever an issue with somebody juicing in the back and then 
going out and causing injuries or did, were you ever ever con, are you ever concerned of somebody being unprofessional because of it? If somebody don't know what the hell they're doing in the ring, it ain't got nothing to do with OG. Not at all. Not a bit. T- 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 tell a part again, OG. You just ain't ready, bro. It's as simple as that. Ain't got Listen, no don't 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 blame nothing else. Go back to the gym. Get your bumps together. Figure it out. Ain't no juice made nobody. Oh my ask me about other drugs, recreational drugs, and alcohol. That question would be more prevalent. Right. All right. Well, then guess what? We're gonna ask the prevalent question. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, I, 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 you know, it. I hey, watched. Co- go ahead. Hold on a second, man. Go ahead. Do your thing. My battery is about to go dead, and I got to put it on charge. All right. Oh, we'll take, no. Don't worry about it. We'll keep them company until till you go. Remember, here's your opportunity to get with Stevie Ray, one half of the ten-time champion tag team Harlem Heat. You got my man Grandmaster Facts from the Party Nerds sitting up in the booth. You got LJ the Great. By the way, Stephanie, stop being creepy and sending people friend requests. We see you in the chat, and we got the legendary Ron Starr representing all of wrestling, especially being the OG, triple OG of the head notice in charge. And it's your boy, Ken Kurt Live. As always, Stevie Ray's going to go ahead on, put his phone on the charger because we in overtime right now. I love it. We sitting here rocking. So remember, you can always call in 267-271-4219. And for those listening, for those listening on the podcast right now, please don't call in because we not here. But (laughs) (laughs) we want you to continue to download future episodes of Ringside Live as we bring you more wrestling content with some of the greats and especially those on the indie scene who don't get as much coverage. Remember, Fitners in Charge tries to do our best to feature Black content creators, artists, and those in the biz. So remember, Headners in Charge, you can follow us on headnersincharge.com and you can hit all our social medias and all that. And my man, Stevie Ray, is back in the saddle. And I just want to follow that. The next question up, whenever you get set and ready, thank goodness for charges. Because, listen, I had to cut my camera. I forgot how much Zoom takes up your back. Bruh, oh, yeah. y'all ain't y'all ain't hear that 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 glass and whatnot knocking over earlier. My 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 battery on my phone was like red, and I said, "Oh Lord, not right now." Had to I cut know. my camera off and everything. I was about to be. I'd be so embarrassed if I if I was the reason this thing cut off. But yeah, right. we're good. Wait, which question are you looking at? Because I see two pretty pretty solid ones. All right, hold on real quick. I, I, I just want to uh, follow up, uh, Stevie Ray. I, we know that. Uh, what, no, it was Scott Hall. Scott Hall had an alcoholism problem, and he overcame it, and we saw his progression, uh, you know, later on in the business, especially now advocating for right. people who help themselves get to who, – who do you say was another person who really overcame a strong addiction to either narcotics or alcohol while you are working in the biz? Oh, man. Um, so – so many professional wrestlers have gone down that rabbit hole, man. So many of them. And some have kicked out and some haven't, man. Got you. All right, LJ, you had a follow-up question? Yes. Um, is there any opponent that could take you out of retirement 
to set up a match. Like, you know, if you can set up in the next, what, like 30, 60 days, however long like it'll take you to get ready to train, whatever. If you could fight anybody, who could take you out of retirement and be all like, I accept your challenge? Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Listen, tell it again. Can we, all right, come on. All right, why Ben Frank? What Ben Frank did to you? Benjamin Franklin. That's it. Hunnets. <laughs> all about it. All about the money. If the money right, he there. Just, listen, for any promoter that sees this, just cut. Look, y'all pay the man. <laughs> don't make if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Listen. 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 If the money right, we got to fight. That's another like one liner. That's another shirt. That's another shirt. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that is another shirt. I, I'd wear that one too. Stephen Ray, you have given us enough merchandise ideas that we might be able to we might be able to book him next week. Come on, Ron, let's get this man money right. We gotta get, get him. money right. We gotta fight. I like that. Heard you, Coach Listen, everybody's asking for his, his quotables is going on shirts. Don't don't worry, Steve. We we'll, 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 we'll work out the split, but we got you. We 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 about to get this man royalties off of one episode, Lord. All right, oh uh, LJ, you said there was another question to follow up with. Um, there was another question. Honestly, this is the <laughs> non like wrestling one. What are your interests outside of wrestling? Because I saw you, you know, um, I saw you post like your baby, like your car from like what uh, almost twenty years ago, which was beautiful. Was, uh, Impala was it the Impala? It was Camaro. Yeah, Camaro. Oh yes, the, 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 the white with the blue stripe. Yeah, yeah, that thing was look. I, I was like. I just want my car back. That's, but either way. That's my interest, exactly. man. That is my interest outside of professional wrestling. And that's why uh, I owe so much to professional wrestling because because of professional wrestling, it gave me a chance to see the world. It mm-hmm. gave me a chance to go places that I, I had only dreamed about. Mm-hmm. You know, reading about them as a little boy in the library. It gave me a chance to go to a heavyweight boxing match gave me a chance to go to these are things that when i was a little kid i used to dream about going to see a heavyweight fight because i'm a big boxing fan going to see the indianapolis 500 because i'm a big race car fan going to the daytona 500 because i'm a big nascar fan giving me a chance to have every uh car that i ever dreamed about having as a little boy it gave me a chance to get my dream car as a little boy, a 1969 Camaro, of which I still own this day. Mm. And learn so many things about what's really going on around you, your surroundings. So I owe a lot to professional wrestling, and it gave me a chance. All my outside interests, it enhanced them. I went to a Super Bowl. You know, I'm a big football fan. It gave me a chance to, to meet so many people that – I didn't even know were fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my interest outside of of professional wrestling has just always been whatever I wanted to do and whatever I was into. You know, like cars, motorcycles. I'm a big car guy. I'm a big motorcycle guy. And hey, man, even though those are material things. Things I never do in your life. Yeah, it's blessings. 
little guys in the neighborhood that were that were my daughter's age. I saw them grow up. You know what I'm saying? They would come over and ask me and ask me about things, and I would always give them the best advice I could, you know, outside of their parents because I was going to shoot straight with them because I did the same thing with my daughter. I never, I tell, I tell, I used to tell women this, I don't hide nothing from my daughter. I know that's right. Even until she was a little bitty girl, you know, I never hid nothing from her. I always talked to her about what a young lady should be and how a young lady should act all the way through college because I didn't want her to go to, you know, we see, you look at things today on television, like the Maury Povich show, a show that I've been so critical of. You take your people that would make up 12.9% of America and your show is consists of 90% of them. How the hell is that? You got, you know, 68% of people in this country of Caucasian uh, descendant or Eastern European or Western European, but they don't make up the bulk of your show. But you can put us out there and make us look like the most, you know, uh, dysfunctional people on earth. Yes, now certain things that we need to deal with in our community, but don't exploit us. That's wrong. That part. Yeah. That part right there. And, and, and if right. I could just if I could just add this, Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, um, uh, th- there's a couple of other, like like that seems to be the prevalence of media as, as a whole. Yeah, they'll, they'll talk about crime in this country, and you'll see nothing but black faces. But just yeah. like Stevie said, we only make up 13 percent of the entire population. Right. So, so how 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 you're portrayed that that, that kind of goes into how you and your brother initially came into the business. They wanted you to come in as ex-cons with mm-hmm. orange jumpsuits and but, but, but do that as it may, professional wrestling is characters. That's right. not real. Right. It's not real. So you can't you can't take one and make it about another one that is real. Okay. That would be people like Nail, the white guy, played a prisoner. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. So you can't make that about a black thing, whereas black people have cash a cachet actually to do what they think they should look like in the world of professional wrestling. It's still the entertainment business. Right. I'm just saying, I think you're putting it in the wrong context. Okay. I could I could definitely because like for me. For me, when uh when when WWE kind of brought back uh they they brought a tag team called Crime Time, right? And I had I had a huge problem with that. And that's what I'm saying because they want to put out an image of which how white America looks at us. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. You're absolutely right. But but like I said, that's pro wrestling, and it is what it is because it's characters of what we perceive as human life. But going back to what I was talking about was like how people, me and Vince did a show about, he wanted to know, he brought up the question about black men having babies from several different women. I say now that, that at the end of the day, that narrative is promoted on television. Yep. And it's not even true. But if you got almost 170 million white people in this country, you telling me it don't happen in y'all neighborhoods either? 
You know it does. You know it does. Of course it does. But what I'm saying is you don't think it does because of how the images are given to you. Right. Now, like I said, we as black people and we as African-Americans, frankly, I prefer to be called black, but, you know, the politically correct term uh, because of Jesse Jackson is African-American. Okay. Frankly, I don't have anything to do with that. Mm. Now, now, let, let, let me ask you this, Steve. Steve Ray, I, Black Lives Matter has really, I mean, obviously, with the wholesale slaughter of African-American people by law enforcement, has been really brought to the forefront in 2020. And a lot of activism has sparked up in the celebrity circles. Um, was was that a catalyst for you wanting to start to become a content creator and put this message out here because of the imagery that mainstream media puts us in? For me, it was more because I just got something to say. Right. I just got something to say. And for the last four and a half years now, I've been saying it. Best feeling that raining. Uh, whether it's on a radio station or whether it's on the podcast. That's where for radio, I'm the most fun guy in the world to be around. But I also could be the most real and honest guy to be around. I, I don't know one way to do it now. If that's what you like, I'm your guy. If you want somebody to just uh you know Shitting and gritting, I ain't you got. <laughs> ain't no bitch in me. <laughs> that's 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 the gist of it. Look, <laughs> ladies and gents, we getting ready to wind it down. We gave you all. We 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 went to overtime for you guys in the chat in the comments. So look, next time you got to go in. If you want more Stevie Ray, you got to hit hit that hit YouTube. Follow his podcast. As a matter of fact, Stevie Ray, where can they follow you? Push TV. <laughs> I, I I thought the people had some really really stern questions, man. Listen, they questions. Look, I, I look, I'm going through them. LJ, is there any more that, that that we need to get to before we get ready to get out of here? Well, maybe they're probably more wrestling questions. All right, hold yeah. on. Let, 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 let's scan. Let, let's scan the bottom because I don't want no problems in these streets because we ain't walking away. It's your <laughs> one time. You you got the man, the myth, and the legend sitting right here. <laughs> okay, all right. Now hit. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. All right. Here's a good question, and it, it's a little bit controversial. And it's either way. I'm just going to ask the question. Hmm. Why? Why do you think, Stevie Ray? Why do you think The Rock isn't considered to be the first black man to be WWE champion? Is it because he's half black? Well, frankly, I've never heard WWE say that. I've never heard WWE say The Rock was the first black anything. Now, I had a debate about it on my show one night with uh, uh, who was on the show with Chris Dillsworth and uh, Shane Taylor, who works for Real- what is it? Uh, uh, all Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Oh, Reality Wrestling Ring of Honor. R-O-H. Ring of Honor, yeah. And as they were going back and forth, and I just had to tell them, 
Firstly, The Rock has never been perceived as Black on the TV show. That is just us as African-Americans wanting to embrace anybody that has anything to do with Blackness attached to them. The same mm-hmm. way to be attached to a person like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, who has never said anything about being Black anyway. So anybody that doesn't acknowledge his Blackness, he can kiss my ass. That's another shirt. Stevie Ray, we got about 47 shirts now. The Stevie Ray collection. <laughs> no, secondly, the Rock is What was that? Sorry. Were you finishing no. what you were going to say? No. Secondly, the Rock has only been pushed as a Polynesian. Right. If you didn't know that his dad was Rocky Johnson, former Hall of Famer, yeah. uh, Hall of Famer and great professional wrestler, a man that I had the pleasure to meet a couple, a few times. You know, if my was black, who was also Canadian, he's not American. You wouldn't know Rock had anything to do with blackness in him. Wait a minute, know. he not he not American? No, he's Canadian. They they build him from DC, I but he's Rocky. Canadian. Yeah, not The Rock, but like Rocky Rocky Johnson. Rock, yeah, I know. Rocky yeah, Johnson, was, I, that's what I'm talking about. He wasn't American? Rocky Johnson's from Nova Scotia. It's Canadian. Nova <laughs> Maritime, yeah, the Maritime. Well, they well, build him from D.C., but he's Canadian. Well, look, y'all just taught me something. God damn. I, yeah, I, 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 what I'm saying is, if you guys didn't know that his dad was black, whether he's right. from Canada or Zimbabwe, how <laughs> The Rock has never been pushed as a never. black man. When he first came out, it was Rocky Malvia with all the island guard on. Yeah, yeah. Right. and the grass yeah. and everything. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. Like most wrestlers, you don't know who they dads are or mm-hmm. if they got famous fathers or mothers or family or anything like that. You knew Rock had something to do with the family of Polynesians that have came through you know, remember they said he's uh, uh, his dad or uh, grandfather is the high priest. Uh, yeah, the high priest. High chief Mavia. High chief Mavia, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if you didn't know by uh, internet, word of mouth, whatever, that did, that his dad was a former professional wrestler as a black guy, how would you know anything about Rocky being a black man? How would you know? Right. You right. Wouldn't and they wouldn't they wouldn't tell you, no, unless you yeah. unless you unless you thought about that time he was with the Nation of Domination that was it. But see, and, uh, okay, well, and then so, like so, he oh, even did them wrong. He turned against them in order to go right. and he flipped the like, script you know, on them. Be, like he was the turncoat of the Nation exactly. of Domination. Exactly, and then he went straight that's to the McMahon's, and that's when he got his push. Is when he turned bitch. You Sorry. know, the Nation of Domination was just something on the show. They even had white guys in the Nation of Domination. Nation, right? Yeah, that was going hard. You can't even make that announcement. Make that. Mm. The Nation of Domination is the character of a few people on television. Well, yeah, originally it was all black, but then I guess like the redneck, like the audience of that time, they didn't like that very much. Mm-hmm. So that was way after he had came into business, though. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when somebody asks a question about The Rock uh, being the first WWE black man, I don't know nothing about it. Because I ain't okay. never seen it. Well, 
if, if there's any more, go ahead, LJ. You had another question? No. no. I, I was about to say, I saw you standing. I was, I was adding commentary and I just, I saw something like the nation turn on the rock. I'm trying to remember when that happened. Either way, Jay, do you have another question you want to follow up or I keep no. going? No, I'm, I'm, I, what was, hit, hit, look, you know me, I'll talk this thing all day long because in the political climate that we're in, especially since you and Russo seem, seem to go back and forth a lot. And, and, and from what I can see, no, no subject is taboo. Has he ever come up to you after the podcast and been like, shit, I never knew? Oh, no, all the time. All the you time. mean to tell me these white folks out here don't see the plight of black people at, I mean, come on. This is the thing. This is the thing, brother. Let me break it down to you this way. If you are in a majority within a country like the United States of America, why do you give two shits about what's going on with black people? I guess human decency can't kick in, none of that. Come on. You're asking a whole lot, bro. <laughs> Listen, asking- you are going off the expectation that they they are holding themselves to that standard of human decency. They don't have to be decent. They already run shit. That's why they reveal they are uncomfortable. So, so Stephen, yesterday we had a huge, huge debate with our audience. And- About what? It got it got heated, brother. So I'm about to tell you. So I said, me personally, my personal views, I'm of the let's let's get gather up all our money, let's exit this, this country and go build somewhere else. So, uh, some some others, some others hit me with, you know, my granddaddy, granddaddy's granddaddy, Fort Dodd. I'm staying right here in America and I'm getting what's owed to me. Got real ugly. Steve, okay. what's your opinion on that? Exodus or stay here and get what's old? This is how I feel. Oh, man, I've talked I talked about this a little bit on Russo, and I make jokes about it on my show. So I'm going to just bring it all full circle right now. I'm, I'm, we here for it. Right. For people, that, people that agree, fine. People that don't agree, it is what it is. If you look at every other people that came to this country on their own volition, they always, they all of them have a home to go back to, even if they were doing something wrong. You can be deported. They all have the backing of another country. If you, if this country treated people that were Jewish the way they treated black people, United, you know, the uh, Israel would step in through the United Nations mm-hmm. and it would stop. If this country treated Italians, Irish. Whatever it may be, in a certain way, they all got a country that's going to step into the United Nations and defend them. You can treat African Americans any way they want to. You know why? Because we don't have a country to back. The only thing we know is the United States of America. This is our country. Not because we came to our own volition. Because you brought me here and you stripped me of my dignity and you stripped me of everything that had anything to do with where I come from. And you have psychologically buried me and tried to bury me. 
you tried to bury me forevermore. Mm-hmm. You get pissed off when I want my civil rights because I don't have a country to step up to help me or not even a continent because Africa is a continent. Right. It is a country. So how do you trace back people or a country defends people that's all convoluted with every other known entity that's entered this country. We have all of their bloods within us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, I so can appreciate you, that. Going back to your premise, I go yeah. back to what uh, uh, a little show that I come up with on my show, even though it's satire. I honestly believe it has a lot of realism in it. I say, as Black people, we want reparations. You have people that talk about the 40... uh, 40 acres and a mule? And a mule. Well, whenever a Black man, many times in this country, he paid for his land the right way. He got the deeds on it. You stole it away from him or you took it by force. Mm-hmm. Everybody that came over here that got off the boat that seen Ellis Island, you know what they got a piece of? They got a piece of the rock, which is a part of the United States and a part of the mineral rights and the parts of minerals to grow land. See what I'm saying? All of them got a piece of it. We're the only people that never did. So, as far as reparations go, I choose Wyoming or Iowa. <laughs> you got to explain that with me. Why Why yeah. we want that? Because nobody's there anyway. You know it's what? true. Steve you Ray, know. I, what you doing in 2024? If Kanye can run for president. I got to finish this. I got to finish this. This is, this, is, this is the stick that I do on my show. All right. I'm going to put together a coalition of leaders, and it won't be those the same old slap-happy Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and these guys, okay? I'm going to put together a coalition, and we are going to the United Nations. Firstly, we're going to the highest point right here in Washington, D.C., and if you don't mm. give us what you want, then we go to the United Nations mm. ourselves. And we will want Iowa or Wyoming. Iowa, because that's where Sonny Ono lives. Wyoming, is that's where Vince Russo lives. And I want them both gone. I'm taking your land. Don't take nothing. No livestock, no nothing. So you're going to take this land. And I'm building a wall. <laughs> yes! That's a wall. That's poetic. That is absolutely poetic. You know, I'm building a wall around the whole state. <laughs> you have to have compensation to get in. And you know what I will call this state? It won't be a state. It will be a country within a country. Because as far as I'm concerned, that is the way we're living now without the land. Woo! A country within a country. And we will call this country Stevieville. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Stevieville. <laughs> Listen, listen, I want my Stevieville passport tomorrow. 
Listen, look, me and LJ already said we getting on the first thing smoking. I Wyoming ain't that far away. We can make it to Wyoming. That plane ticket ain't that bad. I'm with you. No, no, no. I love I'm ready to be a Steven Villian. Listen, I'm mad. He said, we got to get Rudy Tolaano the hell up out of there. He said, get their asses out of there. And if I got to get them two states. All that being said, all that being said, if Moses can do it, mm-hmm. let my people go. go. <laughs> Mm-mm. He's scaring them. They ain't ready for that. Listen, you wait. Know what? Speaking of Sunday, oh no, are you? Uh, um, are y'all still doing like y'all? Yeah. Is it a podcast or whatever on Tuesdays? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, all right. Because I know that's funny. I listen, know that's funny. Listen, I, I, I'm going to write in Sonny and be like, you know he trying to get your ass up out of there, right? You- oh, he knows. <laughs> and told him. What you yeah, I know he told him, but I just want to make sure to reemphasize that we coming. That's all. We have, we have, yeah, Stephen will uh, pass and been removed. The coalition has not come <laughs> on which state, but it will be one of those states. One of them. Okay. Well, Listen, what's the application process to be a part of this coalition? That's all listen, I'm not, look, you already got soldiers in us. We ready to go with you. Because at this okay. point in the game, brother, let me tell you something. Everybody was so hyped about, okay, we need to get Joe Biden in there. We need to get Joe Biden in there. And I said, maybe you don't know about the 94 crime bill, but I remember. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned. We don't fuck them. We don't need none of them. That's what I'm saying. I'm like Nino Brown. That's what I'm talking. Let's build our own yeah. Carter, please. We can hide a Carter, right? Right in Wyoming. <laughs> the uh, capital Stevie. Listen, <laughs> you, you follow me, right? I'm with, listen, all I'm gonna say is, anybody got a problem? Sit your five dollar ass down before we make change. I'm with. Look, <laughs> listen, look, look, look. No, no, Stevie, look, y'all know me. I'm all for the revolution. So if it comes through Stevie Ray, I, look, I was already willing to follow him anyway. So I'm with the shit. He's streamed and televised and on the radio broadcasting. That's, That's, That's how we because ain't no in me. We do not believe in Democrats and Republicans. We do not believe in conservative or liberal. What we believe in is us taking care of us. Us. Somebody us. got to. Because you know us. what? That, that that point you made, and you know what? We've had many a social justice and political debate. James, you know we've we've yeah. covered Black Lives Matter. Uh, Stephen Ray, there's been so much that we've had to cover that's not geek because of what's going on in our community. But to to illuminate us and to really expound on the fact that there is no country to come save us. And that we part. forget that. Yeah. yeah. We forget that nobody's coming. I, and, and, you know, there's a, there's a, for gun owners, which, you know, I'm one of those people. Yeah, look, I don't play around. But there's, there's a saying that says nobody's coming to save you. So you got to save yourself. Especially, we have been brainwashed in so many different ways. And people don't realize as African Americans, we are still suffering with post-traumatic syndrome from slavery. Mm. We're still dealing with that. And it's passed down from generation to generation. You cannot go through horrific, horrific things and not be bothered mentally by it. 
Right. Being said, these are the things nobody want to talk about. These are the things nobody wants to bring up. And that's why white people look at over you. I don't know why they can't make it. You know, we make it down here, blah, blah, blah. Well, if I'm 20 steps behind, brother, you already took off in the race. How long is it going to take me to catch up? Especially when you implement laws, when you implement policy to keep people down, when you keep them uneducated, when you keep them thinking that I need you to make it. Exactly. No, 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 because he no, he makes a look. How can we catch up in the race if you keep our legs shackled? Right. You kept our legs shackled for 400 years, then you took the shackles off and put a weight on our back, right. whether right. it be red line, red line in us, civil rights. Look, I, there are people still alive in our families who, who, who just now you're talking about reconstruction, you're talking about Jim Crow, yes. Okay. Even when they told us to build our own and we did that, they got mad that we did better than they wanted to. Tulsa, look, we could go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, we could go to West Philly to move bombing. We yeah. could talk. Look, don't don't get me to preaching up in here. Go ahead, Jack. We'll, we'll see no, you don't have to preach, brother, because I've heard you preaching before. Yeah. You don't have to and that's what I'm talking about. Mm. If we come to the thing is there are so many people that represent us that are really not soldiers for us. They're soldiers for themselves. Not all listen, can vote. You, are, you know I was about to say it. Yeah, Jay, go ahead. What were you about to say? No, nah, no, nah, I was saying that's the, that's, the, that's the natural core of racism. It's not somebody just calling you a name. That's prejudice. Racism is basically built on the policies and the laws that were skewed to put black people down at a certain level. That's right. right. It's not me that's calling you a name. In the dread, people ask me about racism and wrestling. And I go, brother, I don't give a damn about somebody being racist. Every day I leave my house, I encounter a racist somewhere. I might not know who he is, but if you're not in a position to do nothing for me, be a racist. As long as you don't step across the line, it's the racist that implements policy, whether that be Democrat, like you just said, the crime bill, or Republican. Right. Right. You know, right. At the end of the day, Everybody's trying. That is why they do not want to legalize drugs, especially marijuana, because it would keep African Americans out of jail. If you can't put African Americans in jail, the jails will collapse. If y'all didn't hear what he just said, we're going to rewind that and say it again. If you legalize marijuana, that means you got to let Negroes, Black folk, African Americans, all of the above, you got You got to expunge records, and then God forbid y'all open up an industry that honestly we already was in before you got uh, interested. Right, and in was it. making money off. Listen, of Listen, we already got the clientele. So that's I'm sorry. If you look at all the drugs, this is the honest to God truth, and I don't give a two shits who like it and who don't. If you look at all the drugs that the DEA is supposedly have been stopping. And you got all these guys in Columbia, remember back in the 80s, that were becoming billionaires off drugs. Where were they importing most of the drugs in the world to? The United States of America. Yeah. To the hood. Where in the U.S. was it? Exactly. If we really start to arrest people for drugs, it would it would be about twenty million people in jail 
and none of them will be black. Yes. Say that again. Yes. This country consumes more drugs than any other country on earth. True. Earth. Now, I don't know about Mars and Uranus and all the other things. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't worried about that. Now, when somebody get an expedition to go to one of them countries to see what kind of drugs they got over there, you know, y'all can holler at us later. But yeah. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about on Earth. <laughs> Old, hey, Stevie Ray, what they, what, what they used to say back in the day? They talk about the war on drugs, but I ain't never seen no black people that own airplanes. It's just, they, what wasn't impo- we wasn't importing that stuff over into the country. Man, when people don't talk about that. They just talk about if you see somebody kicking somebody's house in, with, you know, back in the crack days in the 80s and stuff like that. And I'll yeah. be the first to tell you, brother, I am not. I've never done drugs. I've always been anti-drug. I'm not a drug guy. But no. I'll be the first to tell you this. If somebody want to take drugs, brother, I ain't got to That's you. Right. That's, I'm on my business. Now I'm saying, I'm not going to take them. And I do not like how drug ravaged our neighborhoods and stuff like that throughout the country. But right. what people have to realize is this. Whenever you have people that everything has been taken away from them and they're suffering through misery. What is the first thing they're going to go to? Alcohol and right. drugs. Yeah, advice. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they want to escape. escape. In the 70s, they took away everything as far as the black man and him out there working and taking care of his family. Yep. All the factory jobs right. Okay? All that stuff started to close down. So if you're in a desperate state and a dire state, you... Anybody, a rat, will do anything to survive, bro. Right. Especially when the drugs are being put in your neighborhoods by the very people that are supposed to be protecting you from. Mm. I think it goes back to what you said about PTSD. You see, you you, you get these military vets and whatnot, they come back from war, they use everything, whether it be alcohol, drug addiction, women, whatever it is, or men. You, you know, we want to be all encompassing. I, no, I'm just all encompassing anyway. But I go with that. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like people don't really recognize the fact of that generational trauma. We I talk about generational trauma all the time. No, I did not have to go through slavery to inherit my generational trauma. I said, if you want the biggest indication of what generational trauma is and what it does, be in the car with a black man when the police pull up behind him. I don't care. Right when we were having this interview, thank you. Uh, That's my point. When we have a physical reaction to something that honestly shouldn't automate. I mean, you you think of police, you're supposed to protect and serve. It's not supposed to be a danger, but because we're African American, we inherently brought. We we have that anxiety. What are you going to do with that anxiety? You could either. Act on it, which we can't. Right. Protest it, which we obviously can't. Well, we can't even. We can't even do the drugs because they'll put us in jail for that. Yeah. The thing is, but once people get hooked on drugs, nothing. If you go, you guys go look up um, a guy by the name of L. Fletcher Prouty and read a couple of his books. He chronicles things, whereas different things have gone down in this country 
not as pertaining to us as black Americans, but the government would as a whole. And he chronicles how nothing on this earth, especially in this country, but primarily on earth happens by accident. Somebody's behind it. So right. when drones were flooded in our neighborhoods, somebody had that on the books 10 years before it ever prisons. Somebody had already put that on the book 10 years before it happened. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens by osmosis. Somebody's behind it. No president has ever been elected in this country from the private sector. But in 2016, it happened. Now look what we're going through. You know why? Because you cannot implement this kind of anarchy with a real politician. Mm. It would have to be somebody not having allegiance to what we call a career politician. Gotcha. Now you create civil unrest. Now what do you have? I can do anything I want to citizens. Go look at them. They're out there fighting each other, and they all the same color. When a white man or another white man go in the middle of the streets and fight over a presidency, this country is fucked. <laughs> well, there's a t-shirt. I'm about to say, we, we got an entire fashion line just off of the quotables. It's Keith you James. No, no, no. I, James, I'm relying on you to keep all of them because all, I think... I, all the lines down. No, 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 bro. I ain't got no bitch in me. It's not my favorite seller. But, 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 I just want Stevieville. Please have Stevieville. <laughs> oh, it, it's got to be one of them. And Medicine I want Stevie- of Stevieville. Bro, bro, no, no, no. I need, I need the outline of Wyoming with Stevie's face right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a square. It's it's a, a you know, square. you gotta have Russo on the outside of it with a wall and be like, keep your ass out. That's, that's <laughs> no. I mean, we laughing. Listen for everybody because uh, right now in the comments, everybody's agreeing with you, Stevie Ray. Honestly. The comments are, and I just want to read some of the comments that people okay. are saying. They're saying uh, they're calculating and diabolical. Truth is stranger than fiction. Um, everybody's saying bring on the merch. Look, we, we might have a seller, Steve. Look, we, we might be able to fund this Stevieville thing at the end of this show. I'm just <laughs> right keeping it real. Um, one, one commenter said the opioid crisis exploded after recent wars. You can look in the Middle East and the poppy seeds. Well, you know, uh, hold on a second. What people don't realize, and they don't talk about this stuff on the news, the Taliban did not like drugs. Mm. The Taliban, who they said were protecting Osama bin Laden, got rid of all the poppy seeds. Right. I remember that. That's really why we went there. Because you have to realize something. Not the oil? Those poppy seeds make heroin actually made billionaires out of so many people. And who has to watch the money? The Western banks. Right. Yep. They, the, the military yeah, went yeah, in you there. Wash it in the West, you hide it in the West. There are more poppy seeds now than it was before the Taliban burned them all down. Wait a minute. Now, to, to add an addendum to what you just said, not only is that factual, they just came out in the New York Times, uh, I think last, either at the beginning of this year or last year, that they did an audit of all the banks and found out that they were the biggest drug launderers. Think about that. The the Wells Fargo, Citizens, yes, 
they they found out they are the biggest drug launderers what? and they tried to play dumb like oh we didn't know how you got that kind con- you got billions of dollars moving and you ain't know was you know Bro. originally like funded by the freaking like the teamsters and the mob and all that stuff so like chase like manhattan has always been in the midst of that stuff they just was really great at covering the tracks until it's, it's the all work on them to them it's all a game yeah yeah, it is. Yep. And the very people that's supposed to be telling us these things, which is the mainstream media, they don't they don't touch it because that's because it's not unbiased. Yeah. Right. The that own them. That's yeah. got all the politicians in their pocket, that got all yep. the networks in their pocket. Yep. You can't say nothing, bro. Yeah. Yep. That's why we doing this podcast too, because it's independent. And even look, even for us, like I said. We need to get our, uh, we, we just started a website because I said if, if Zuckerberg tomorrow says, okay, no more Facebook for, for your message, we are so well. We have mm-hmm. to start building black infrastructure. If you don't start somewhere, we can't, I need Stevieville in 2024. I'm just saying. I just did a show with Russo last week and he was asking me about representation of African Americans in the news. And I said, well, if people go back to the 50s, go back to the 60s, the 40s, the 30s, the 20s even, and look at how many black newspapers was out there in this country. Look at how many black uh, media outlets was out there. Look at how many black radio stations were out there in this country. And that's where we got our news for what our people, that's how we networked with each other and all of that. But to keep a person illiterate and depending on his master, you have to take all of that from him. Yes. That's what you've seen all over the country. And That's even what, what we, even what they gave us, because guess what, BET ain't owned by no black people. Nope. No, no, no. Back in the nineties, you see nothing but a bunch of crazy shit. Women out there, no disrespected lady. Uh, women out there shaking their ass, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. A lot of dysfunctional bullshit and glorifying dysfunctionality. Mm-hmm. Glorify dysfunctionality. So if you glorify it, you don't think young minds want to be a part of that. They know it shapes a culture. Mm-hmm. And our culture is lucrative. Well, so, it's, it's yes. so, say, that's another way to make money and keep right. people. Absolutely right. See, so, and, that, and, and they've been profiting off our culture for years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What is the perception of the culture? Right. Right. You know, like I was telling uh, someone about professional wrestling one day. And, you know, when it comes to humor, and I was like, in the dressing room, we're all from different places all over the country. Some of us even from other countries. What you guys look at that you might perceive as funny, in my culture, I have to pull my gun out and blow your fucking head off. Ain't that the truth? If you knew anything about my culture, you wouldn't have did what you did at the sake of a little laughter. Right. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Oh, man, I was just kidding. But see, you don't know anything about my culture because if you did, you would have never went there. Yes. Yes. Because there's so many times that I've heard stories of my non-Black friends where they say, oh, we pulled a prank on our buddy and did X, Y, Z. And I'm looking at him like he didn't slap the shit out of you. Yeah. And I'm like, 
That was funny to you? That was fun. That was fun. That was cute to you? Yeah. Don't get me started, Steve. Look now. No, I'm no, with you. Now you see what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I Both understand. Yeah. Just because you eat pancakes and I eat pancakes don't mean we the same. I got some pancakes now. No, no, no. I got to write that one down. No, no, no. Put that down. And we're going to have two pancakes with an X on it. Listen, we got a whole marketing scheme in the show. Look, Jay, Jay, that's a whole quote. Just because you eat pancakes and I eat pancakes and then two pancakes, one with an X to it, doesn't mean we the same. I'm telling you, we about to get paid. I'm just saying, this is about to be the most lucrative show ever. No, it's the cultural differences that could be mean life or death. And I think that is what, what, at its base form, is why everybody keeps saying, oh, the country's so divided. The country's so divided. The country has always been divided. Y'all just now waking up to it. The 13%, we already knew that the country was divided. But y'all don't believe us. It's prevalent now. Let me ask you guys. That's a trend. Go ahead, go ahead, Steve Ray. Look, I like this. Look, Steve said, "All right, let's go. We we in the we in the weeds now. Come on." I was just talking about this with Vince today, and I was talking about it with somebody a month or so ago. And this is just some stuff that kind of behooves me that I can't figure out. You were asking me earlier about Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement, of which I do support. But isn't it peculiar, or am I just so twisted and so standoffish when it comes to certain things? How does something like this that people have denied for years and didn't give a shit about when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling and said, I have a problem with people of color being killed in the middle of the streets and the police not paying for it or not being reprimanded for it. Right. And took a knee. And the whole world demagogued it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I even saw Stephen A. Smith, who took a lot of heat from the African American public. You know, but you you know, you know how that you know what that's about. Right. Uh on ESPN. Oh, I don't want to hear nothing from color company no more. Blah, 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 blah. But then when the Black Lives Matter thing movement, we all should have listened to color company. How the fuck does that work? But be that as it may, I guess everybody forgot about that. But what I'm saying is this. How does the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, all these Fortune 500 companies that a man was telling you this four years ago and people were out here protesting, trying to protest, four years ago, but never got any traction because they never got anyone outside of their own range behind them, all of a sudden this stuff blows up all over the world. We hit now, the pockets. Peculiar? Money. I feel like as soon as Black folks as a collective, whenever we say, all right, we aren't going to support you anymore and we take our money away, we are only 13%, yet we spend the most in this country. Right. They know that. So it's not necessarily, oh, I, I believe you now. They've always known that what we are saying is true, but they losing money and they got to act like they with the cause now. Okay, so okay I, can go with that. I can go with that. Okay. But when Fortune 500 companies put their brand behind something that half the country does not like, they're losing money. 
But look at, look at this scenario. Look at what we have right now. If we build this up over here, and we know half the nation does not like it, what does it become? A powder cake. And now we got the whole country fighting each other. Right. You see how that works? I honestly, Steve Ray, to your point, I can't answer that question in particular, but I want to I want to talk about what you just said. What you just said, with all this infighting, with all this rhetoric, with all this propaganda out here, my question is everybody need to go look at the laws that have been passed. Right. In I the last year or two. Because something has slipped through the cracks. There's a reason why. I don't know the reason because I ain't in the Illuminati. I'm just joking. The Illuminati yeah. ain't real. Don't come for HNIC. I'm just playing, y'all. But something something bigger than any That's of us. You're right. You're making my point. Right. I, I agree with you. No, brother, listen. I, I say it every day. It's, it's, it's what it's called, smoke and mirrors. Look over right. here. Look over here, racism, racism. Right. When I, I'm doing this backhand stuff over here. Classic misdirection. I, I did a show, one of my old podcasts, I did a show about 9-11. After 9-11, the Patriot Act was signed by mm-hmm. George. Yep. Okay. But a lot of people don't know. I traced it back. Do you know the Patriot Act was actually written out a year, almost two years before it was See, Ray, I, well, in, it's interesting. Um, I'm going to be careful about what I'm going to say next. Uh, I work for the Department of Homeland Security, which, okay. which came into an existence right after 9-11. And we got all the backstory. And you're absolutely right. The Patriot Act was not only in place a year before, but a lot of people don't, huh. You know what? If you ever get the opportunity, go look at the, on YouTube, Google, I mean, look up Loose Change. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, you know what? Stephen Wright, look, brother, I'm, I, that's all I'm going to say. Kurt not going give to give you his opinion because I still got to pay for HNIC bills and I want to keep my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but if you want to educate yourself, not Stephen Wright, I'm talking about you, the listeners, you who looking, you're looking at us right now, right? All right, cool. Go look up Loose Change. Trust me. Oh, It'll oh, open your eyes. I got another one for anybody out there. I can't talk to them because they 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 in the chat. Loose change was one of the first ones. The first, the first, uh, the one that they released. But the second one was even better because they corrected a lot of things. But if anybody out there that wants to look at what we are talking about right now, go look up a man named Christopher Bolin. L Y N. Christopher Bolin. And read what this man got to say. It'll blow your mind. Ball in. Y'all got homework. Yeah, yeah. Yes. B-O-L-Y-N, correct? And listen. B-O-L-Y-N. I think it's L-L-Y-N. And if you don't do your homework, he going to be in your ass. He didn't already <laughs> told you. <laughs> Look. I'm nice just callback. No, you, you know. Hey, listen, that's another one of the shirts. Don't worry about it. We're going to work all this out. Listen, by the time we get off this show... We're going to be rich with sales and merch. I'm promise you. I'm promise you. Listen, we, we, we set for life. We got the first budget for Stevieville by the time this show ends. I promise you. Yeah. All right. So I want to read a few more of these comments, Steve Ray, because they talking to us and we just was having a good conversation, but a lot of people are agreeing with you. They, uh, 
He said, inherent narcissism and failure to accept change. That is why they're refusing to let things go. And 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 uh, <laughs> another one is their only knowledge. The, their only knowledge of their demographics are usually secondhand and not fully indulging to learn about other demographics. It's very, very, very look. Um, they take our authenticity and whitewash it, then try to sell it back to us. That's Damn. Right Damn. Yeah. Damn. That part. Uh, listen, I, I know who said that comment. Guess what? We adding your comments to the shirts because that was a good one. That was a one hundred percent right. This is the thing, and this is what I've talked with Russo on the show about when it comes to black and white. You have no culture. Your culture is existing. That is why you admire what people of color do, the way mm. they talk, the way they the way they act, and you try to emulate it. And it's the same thing when it comes to commerce. The way they dress, well, I can take that and sell it to my people. Mm-hmm. Back to you. Because this is the thing, you look at hip-hop. Let's go to music. You asked me about it, somebody asked me about music a few minutes ago. Uh, look at hip-hop. How many times have you seen a little white girl Singing a song, but she ain't got nothing but brothers dancing in the background. Yeah, yeah. All the time. All the time. All the time. Megan Trainer, I'm looking at you all the time. Now, don't get me look at her now. I ain't, got nothing, I ain't got nothing against you. But you see how if you cool with black culture, it solidifies you. Yes. That's why they try to look like us now. No, I'm just talking about, I'm just talking about money right now, images okay. and things of that nature, okay? okay. Uh, you remember when Vanilla Ice came out? He was the only white dude in the video. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what I'm saying? You, that's how you get over. And the, yeah. thing is, the thing is this. When back in the 80s, and I talked about when it comes to Michael Jordan and Air Jordan, and little young young men back in the 80s were losing their lives over sneakers. Sneakers, yep. I remember that. How mm-hmm. Nike took that and used that to make little white suburban kids buy those sneakers. Nike will never get rich selling Al George to black folks. Yeah. We, only, know, make, we only make up 13%. Yep. So, if you're a little white kid in certain suburban America, and you go to school with some L. Jordans on, and you done read in the paper what did happen to people for these shoes. You see what you are when you when you roll up at school with these it on? Give them clout. It give them clout, at least a fake clout. Come on, but they're not gonna come to the hood with them same sneakers on. No, and that's what I'm talking about, brother. Our shortcomings and make it into millions and millions of dollars, bro. Yeah. Look. That is why you saw that documentary that I I trusted. The Michael Jordan documentary. One of my fa- listen. I that, trusted. That was you know why? Why? Because it was just another way for Nike to keep this man at a certain level. So you keep buying the Jordan brand because people of this generation 
actually believe LeBron James is better. Ooh. Ooh. Now, that's deep that you said that because I just went sneaker shopping the other day. First thing I – now, is Steve right? I, I Look, you might have to get my ass about this one. It's just a mental thing. I it is no. You're absolutely right. Some people that don't know nothing about Michael Jordan will they think that LeBron James is better, but the best ever for us to keep pushing this brand, we got to stop them young minds from thinking that. Ooh, that's deep. Because it's funny, LJ said to me, hey, Kurt, what do you think about the LeBrons? And I was like, where the Jordans at? Damn that. <laughs> I, I feel bad now because I, I didn't been conditioned. No. I look, I, I'm just you saying. Are, but, you have been conditioned. Do you know bro, what pair of LeBrons look like? You you probably didn't know what they looked like until she showed you. Bruh, I didn't know what them ugly ass sneakers was. I was like, I, well, soon yeah. as soon as I, and listen, <laughs> I, I didn't even glance over. She said LeBrons and I totally turned my head and was like, excuse me, sir, where are your Jordans? I mean, it, but, it, but that's the thing. Some right. people you don't even know LeBron. Anybody else got a shoe out there? Because yep. that is the bombardment of information or misinformation that's been put in your head. Because Michael Jordan was the first person to ever have a high-profile sneaker. Yeah. And who else going to pay $200 for a sneaker? Ain't nobody else selling $200 sneakers. Yeah, even though my uh, Larry Bird and and and, and Magic Johnson, all the people had sneakers. Yeah, well, was not LeBron, but Michael was the first person to get that big, big push. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like pro yeah, yeah. Big, big. You remember him and Spike Lee stage? Hey, yes. All this stuff. It was a different commercial every year. See, see, I listen. Out in 1982, I was born. So that run in that commercial, I was I was the kid they was marketing it to. I remember. No, no, no. Y'all, and, and, it, and it all goes hand in hand. I remember my drug friend. I was never in the drug game, and that's and if I was, I wouldn't admit it on this show. Um, all my friends, <laughs> look, I'm smarter than that. All my <laughs> friends who was in the game, they were selling to buy Jordans. Right. Like you, you got to understand something. They was expensive even back then. They think it was about one hundred twenty five dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was about $125, which is cheap now, which is hilarious to me. But yeah, but I remember people, my mother said, you will never own a pair of Jordans because they're killing y'all out here for them. It, they wasn't killing them for no Pumas. They wasn't killing them for no Converse's. They were shooting you in the face for Air okay. Jordans. Because in the African-American community, we are just hypnotized by material things. Yep. To the point where you're willing to take a man's life for them. And in the other parts of the United States, they don't even understand that. Yep. But it's cool. It's better you than me. Yeah. See, Ray, I got a comment. I got a comment from the chat. I want you to want to get your opinion on this comment. Taft said. It's because LeBron is out here building schools and sending kids to college instead of hawking sneakers yeah. like Michael Jordan. Now, Michael Jordan, now, now I want to get your opinion on this. Michael Jordan recently says, I support Black Lives Matter. Now, mind you, his entire career and his entire retirement up until 2020, Michael Jordan has not outwardly uh, advocated for a social justice, you know, police reform, none of that. 
But like you said, why now all of a sudden, right? Do well, you because, wait, 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 how do you feel about that now? Does that does your opinion of Michael Jordan change because of how he handled those opportunities where he could have stepped up and didn't? I'm gonna put it like this. Back in 1988, because you know, Jordan and all those guys back in those days, we're all about the same age. Back in 1988, I made a vow to myself. Mm. I will never buy another pair of Nikes for the rest of my life, and I haven't. I respect the hell out of that. Now, why? Because of what the climate of which I'm seeing. You got to realize, man, I lived through the crack era, bro. Yeah. I yeah. lived through this shit. I had my own security company back in those days. I seen this shit, bro. I've seen motherfuckers strung out and got their fucking heads blown off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Over this bullshit, man. That the fucking CIA threw into our neighborhoods. I didn't know it back then, but years later, once I studied about it, this, that, and the other. Nothing, like I said, did anybody look up Colonel L. Fletcher Prouty? Nothing on this earth happens by accident. So you were trying to kill us off or come to a point where we can make more money off you and demagogue you and keep you at the bottom of the totem pole at the same time. And Nike did the same thing. Yeah. So I ain't got nothing against capitalism, but I got something as far as integrity of within myself as to where the little money I'm making is going. I'd rather buy the cheapest fucking shoes at Kmart than buy a pair of Nikes. My bro- okay, so now, for those listening... Imagine if everybody took that stance. I'm telling nobody else what to do. No, I'm not. No, no, no. And I agree with you. But imagine if we did the snowball effect and everybody here tonight said, you know what? Let's follow that same train of thought. doesn't necessarily have to be Nike. I'm not saying that, but that's a good, that's a good place to start. But if we all just collectively said, where's a system of oppression? Let's not financially support it. I bet you, I bet you some shit changes. You know, no doubt. Yeah. But as long as you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, right. as right. long as the black bourgeoisie are out there doing their thing and trying to, you know, trying to be like the very people that suppress us. Yes. Because they don't never want to keep up with the Jenkins. We always no. want to go with the Joneses. He said the Jenkins. Right. That's real. No, don't though. say I'm, I'm dead no, on. I'm sorry. Well, no, nothing wrong with you. If you name Jenkins, I'm sorry, but y'all know they're not trying to keep up with us. Mm-hmm. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's and why the guy will go buy a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar car and park it in the neighborhood where he grew up at. Right. 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 It's ah uh, man. It's the uh, all right. So wait a minute. We get we two hours we two hours in and. Before we get out of here, Stevie Ray, we do a little thing where we try to get to know people by asking them. We have a game we call 20 questions in three minutes. I'm going to ask you 20 questions, some of them multiple choice, some of them open-ended. You got three minutes to answer, and we just want to get to know you, but you just got to answer the first thing that comes in your head. All right? Okay. I'm My man. All I'm say is this. Don't be surprised by the answers. Ha! 
I think you know what? At the at I think point, by now, at this point, we, by now, no I think we all know ain't no bitch in you. We 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 know. Bitch. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna kick it, I'm gonna get started with this question. We're a geek web show, so I'm I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm opening with a geeky question. Superman or Batman? Superman. Collard greens Batman. or macaroni and cheese? Pussy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's on a shirt. Jay, you gotta write that down. The time is running out. Batman and pussy. Put that on a shirt. Pussy. All right, thank you. Um, collard greens or macaroni and cheese? Collard greens. Wine or beer? Wine. <laughs> a sunny 4th of July or a white Christmas? White Christmas. Your favorite cartoon? Uh, Space Ghost. Yes! All right. really? Yeah, good, really? good. That's a classic. Okay, all right, hold on, y'all. Right. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? It was a tie between two cartoons when I was. All right, kid. wait. So, all right, well, give us the other one. What's the other one? Uh, Johnny Quest. All right, my man. Jo- wow. All right, good one. Good, good one. Michael Jordan or LeBron James, greatest of all time. Wait a minute, hold on. Whoever got their TV on, turn it down. I'm trying to hear Stevie Ray. Um, would you say Michael Jordan or LeBron? Uh, LeBron James. All right. Um. Movies or a concert? Concert. All right. <laughs> Sports car or a motorcycle? Both. Ha, huh, my man. Apple, Apple, Apple iPhone or Android phone? Android to me. Oh, brother. See, I love my damn girl. Look at that. All right, all right, all right, y'all. All right, I'm almost. I, I I wish I didn't write this question down. Now I'm scared to ask it to him. An animal that you're afraid of. An animal, not no human. <laughs> Don't get my ass now. Look, <laughs> damn it! I was I'm scared to ask the damn question. Right, animal animal probably any animal that can kill you. All right, okay, <laughs> good. All right, <laughs> Woo. my butt cheeks intact. All right, um, <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh man, that's not that's not a fair one. As yes, it is. Kid, Don't come on, <laughs> come on, Steve Ray. As a kid, Star Trek. As a grown man, Star Wars. My man, all right, I'll accept that. That's actually bad. Malcolm X or Martin Luther. Martin Luther King. All right. Would you rather have plants or a pet? You said plants. Plants. Would you rather have a plant or a pet? A pet. All right. Um, football or baseball? Oh, how easy is that? <laughs> yes. I I don't even know why we did that. I, <laughs> right. I, I didn't talk to you enough to know football's the answer. I even got, look, damn America's game. Football is it. Oh, I'm just, listen, we made these before we talked to you. Now that I know, I'm like, oh, I know this one. All right. Um, football. My man. Flip-flops or sneakers? Actually, nowadays, flip-flops. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with chilling out. Look, I'm with you on that one. You going on a date, do you bring her chocolate or flowers? Neither. I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. 
Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Knowing me, probably flowers. My man. Greatest of all time, Ali or Tyson? Tyson got his ass whooped by 10 times, so that's kind of like, you know, uh, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to give my opinion on that one. Ali's okay. the greatest of all time. I agree with you. We'll talk. We'll, we'll talk after this. All right. Um, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we going to talk about Mike Tyson? Yeah. I hope not. Oh, Stevie Ray, why are you going to do this to me nah, right now? Don't look, do it. It's two more questions. Look, it's two more questions, and then we can get into that. I'm just saying, man, when you get knocked out by Buster Douglas, and then you look, Come on, you know he was high that night. You know he was high. Hey, come on, bro. You can't be put in the top. You can't be put in the top fighters all time. All right, I respect it. I respect it. I, we'll still talk after this. Hold on. Would you rather? Uh, would you rather be home with a book or a night out dancing? When I was a young man, a night out dancing. Nowadays, I'm. I got a book all the time. My, yeah, all yeah. right. And, and the final question is the greatest moment of your career. Greatest moment. I'm gonna be honest with this one. The greatest moment of my career is when me and my brother first won the uh, global tag team belts. Mm-hmm. That's so sentimental. I love it. I think that was 1991 or 92. That was the first time I had that emotion of elation in the professional wrestling business. After that, I never got that feeling again. Damn. Were you looking for it? Were you seeking it, or did it just not happen? Frankly, I don't really look for anything, man. You know, I think everything should happen organically. But that night, I knew that night is when we were solidified as we could do this. Yeah, got you. You got to the mountaintop. You said, yeah. This is is, everything everything after that was like, okay, we we better than everybody else anyway. So what the hell? I kind of felt like yeah, that's that's true. No, my, uh, one of my favorite motiv- motivational speakers, CT Fletcher, always says, "Once you breathe that rarefied air, you can't go back down the mountain." Right. Oh my goodness, Steve Ray, we learned so much about you, and we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Before we get out of here, though, I just want to make this point: Mike Tyson, best knockout artist ever. Ever, I think it's George Foreman. I, I, well, okay. I, you know, well, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going to disagree with that. You That's really can't. <laughs> George Foreman was a monster. Knockout ratio, and George had, I think, twice the fights that Mike Tyson. Right, had. exactly. Because they, but but you know that they fought more back then. Yes, that's true. Because they didn't care that's about true. you know. Okay, this is what I used to tell. But not this. It's funny you bring this up because I was gonna let it go. I was gonna let this go, but no, he had to push that. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Whatever I'm gonna get you. Look, I don't know when I'm gonna get you again, so I figured let me go ahead and drop that. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, that's, we that's talking fine, now. Man. We in here. That's that's fine. When it comes to Mike Tyson. Now, I'm a boxing guy, brother. I mean, right. you know, I'm a boxing guy. I just had Ronnie Shields on my show a few weeks ago. You know who he is? A boxing trainer. He trained for the Charlo brothers. Just had him on my show. 
just had King Mo on a few weeks ago. Right. On my radio show, I had Larry Holmes on. Oh, Larry Holmes. That was Ali's sparring partner for the longest time, right? Uh huh. Wasn't Larry Holmes uh, Ali's sparring partner? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I can talk some boxing. Yeah. I, I, I can keep up, but go on. Yeah, let's get to your boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we might have, I might have to bring you on my show. Let's go. Look. look keep it right. You, look, if you think, look, ain't no bitch in me either. Look, we can go. Okay. Let's go. That's what look. I like. I just need to let you know that you can't take him nowhere. He's going to act a fool. That's like, Stevie Ray, right, right, look, we, we cut from the same goddamn cloth. Oh, fool. Because I'm going to tell you, it, 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 ain't no bitches allowed on my show. I'm gonna tell that's you what that. I'm talking about. Look, Listen. But I, go ahead. I, I want you to say your piece about my boy, Mike. Okay. This is what I used to tell all my buddies back in the day that thought they knew boxing. I'm studying Mike Tyson. Okay, this is the mid-80s when he really became a force. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Studying Mike Tyson. And I'm looking at him fight. And I'm looking, I used to say, man, this guy can only fight one way. He True. has no adjustability to his game. He knows how to come forward, seek, and destroy like a Sherman tank. But what right. does a ride on? It ride on rails. Right. One has to slow down for it to turn left or to turn right. Now, I'm not talking about an M1 Abrams tank that ain't got to do that because the right. top of it can just swirl around, you know, the turret. Yeah. The lock on the target and it's going to hit him regardless if it's going 70 miles an hour this way. Right. I'm talking about the old Sherman. The Panzers, like a Panzer. Yeah. Okay, so I'm right here with come on, Steven Right, bring it. Like, look, I'm right here. I gotta I gotta take you in it slowly but surely. Like the old I, I got people. you. Okay. With Mike Tyson not having the adjustability when he fights a bigger man or a man that knows how to keep him at bay with a jab, he's right. going to have a problem. He's and always... the night Buster Douglas knocked him out, all my friends came and told me, You picked it, bro. I said, I tried to tell you. Yeah, he cannot right. adjust. And okay, we're in Florida, 1976. I'm sorry, 1996. We're in Florida at MGM Studios. I bet it 50 wrestlers, man, maybe not 50, let's say 40, 35. <laughs> he said, I don't want to embellish that much, but good. But it's at least 35. Everybody had told me that Evander Holyfield was going to get knocked out by Mike Tyson. And you know what I told everybody? Mike Tyson is going to get knocked out. Nobody believed me. And I say, knock out, everybody out in bed, knock out, pay double. Mm. So I bet you 20, you got to give me 40. If I bet it's your 50, you got to give me 100. If I bet it's your 100, you got to give me 200. Now, I can't remember how much money I had in the bank, in uh, me and my ex-bank account like, right there. But I wanted to put my five grand on the fight, and it was 27 to 1 odds. And I was going to put it on Evander Holyfield. But by the fact that I was in Florida, I didn't know how to. Yeah, get there. You know, I didn't know how to do it on the computer. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Yeah, hey, you couldn't lay your bet. I know. Right. So, but here, I would have knew what I would have knew if I was home, I would have known where to take my money. If you see what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes, sir. 
But I'm in Florida in 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 in, in, in was that Orlando? And I'm like, man, I don't know nobody down here. Yeah, you don't know where the bookies at. Like, come on. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. We went to watch the fight. I can't remember who it was that was with me. It wasn't my brother. It was somebody else. But we went to Haku, neighbor. Haku stays in uh not in Orlando, but one of the little neighboring towns. You know what I'm saying? Right. What they practice, what they practice baseball at. He stayed over there. What they do the baseball spring spring training. Spring training, yeah, when they go down. Clearwater. Yeah, Kissimmee, Florida. He stayed over there. His neighbor had a big get together at his house. Everybody in this house talking lip to Stevie Ray. Because <laughs> you out there talking crazy, but I was talking crazy. Haku had just told everybody. Because, you know, we working together. He told everybody in the, in the man's house, Stevie Ray, oh, he pulling for Evander Holyfield. He put, he put you out there. All over my case. Yeah. I mean, they know where to sit because the dude got about 30, 30 people in his house. Right. He sitting on the stairs. I still remember this like yesterday. I might not remember wrestling stuff. <laughs> he said, I remember this. You know what I'm saying? Fight starts out, first round, Evander let him know. Hey, buddy, ain't no punks in here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> ain't no bitch in me. No, no mm-hmm. ain't, ain't no punk. We there ain't nothing to it but to do it tonight, baby. Yeah, it was shoulder, a good fight too. Shoulder to shoulder, like the fifth round, you better put him on his ass. Yep. The whole house went like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. And I'm just, I'm just sitting over here. And everybody owe you money. It's like, look, look, Steve, Steve, look, he, you know, he grinning from ear to ear. I'm gonna show you how I was sitting over there on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that OG shit. Look, and that's when people turn around and look at him and be like, "Don't even look at Stevie. Don't, even, don't look right. at him." See, now everybody looking at me like, "Oh man." This might not go as we expected. Yeah. <laughs> it was in that moment they knew they fucked up. Yeah. This ain't going like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Evander commenced to start to really get in his ass now. Okay. Then he hurt then he hurt it. Right. In that, ninth, in that tenth round, I think it was the ninth or tenth round, is when he just went off on him and the rain and the bell ended. And you could tell Mike didn't have nothing left. Right. Well, the whole house now is like you could just hear the summer. You, <laughs> mm. you know what I'm saying? You could just hear like, oh, please, oh, don't mess my door. Now I'm like this. See, you got calculated <laughs> hand, and you're doing all of the buttons, and you do the. No, LJ, you hear him chuckling. You hear that soft oh. chuckle from the steps. Then the next round came over. Mike came out there, and Evander commenced to just tan his ass up. The ref stopped the fight. Fight is over. Uh, the next day, we go back to the dish. And, you know, I walk in. Conan, you know, you know Conan. Oh, you know damn well I know. Yeah, yeah. K Dog say, "Hey, Stevie Ray, I got all of them lined up for y'all." <laughs> yes. Get your money. That's an old listen. I uh, saw. Look good. I pulled my list out. Wait, let me you, get my hands ready to receive. Listen. Uh-oh. I pulled my list out. For everybody that don't know, that better be knockout, pay, double. 
Woo! Uh, I put an asterisk next to y'all names, by the way. <laughs> my, my ex was in Houston, and that before the before the fight, we was talking. She was at one of my buddies' house watching the fight back here in Houston. I think my daughter was like two years old at the time, like right at two years old, maybe one and a half, something like that. And uh, so they went over to my homeboy house, who was married to her best friend at the time. Right. And she had called me on the phone right before the uh, fight started. And I was telling her, man, I've met a lot of people and so on and so forth. And she's like, well, what you bet? I said, I bet, you know, that uh, Mike Tyson gonna get knocked out. And then she, I could hear all the people talking in the background, right? And she was saying, hey, she told them all that I said, Mike Tyson gonna get knocked out. I could hear all them joking. Oh, tell that sucker to shut up and stick to wrestling. He don't know nothing about no boxing. Blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you. Okay. Soon as that phone, soon as that, soon as that uh, fight was over, I get back to my hotel. You tell me who I called. Every one of them. I called them back in Houston and said, well, tell me what, talk that lip to me now. Mm -hmm. And what I was trying to tell people was this. You're fighting a man. You've been in jail for three and a half years. Evala Holyfield has been out on the outside fighting the biggest, baddest people in this business. Yeah. You've been in jail for three and a half years pleasuring yourself. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so why are you going to do this to my... You, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Now you think you finna come out and fight a real man? You ain't ready, dog. You're not ready. What people don't realize is incarceration does not make you better at what you are. It mm-hmm. takes you from what you're good at. So nobody put the intangibles together. They just looked at stuff from the outside looking in, brother. When that man came out of jail, and I love Mike Tyson, he was never the same fighter. No, you're absolutely right. And and and, and the same with Ali. I mean, it, unfortunately, huh, it comes full circle because keep black people out of jail, which is the new slavery. But that's a whole nother conversation. A whole nother conversation, but I'm just saying, your boy, every time he stepped up in competition, and Bobby Chaz and Bertie Pacheco was talking about it that night. Because I think they thought the same thing. You just have that inherent love for Mike Tyson because he's so exciting. He was so exciting, man. Yeah. He was a wonder wonder and a joy to behold in that ring. And that is why I think I think if Mike had never went to jail, I still don't think he would have beat Evander. But I do think he could have, and it would have been a much better fight. Agreed, agreed. I I, I put it like this: we might have to start a whole boxing show just to shoot the shit with you, Steve. Because <laughs> I would love that's a that's such a great story. Because I know if I was in the locker room, I'd be like, "Did Stevie come to work today?" Yeah, <laughs> I ain't got his money. Yeah, like, like, look, look, now I look you, at the ATM like you ain't seen me yet. So I go to that. like, you know, Bischoff be coming slow with them checks. I gotta look. Damn it! <laughs> oh, listen, that was Everybody didn't have their money. He was so like Santa Claus in reverse. He was like, I made a list. I checked it twice. You don't right. have my money. I ain't gonna be nice. I'm telling you, right. <laughs> oh, that was good, LJ. Don't look at me like that. That was great. 
I'm trying to figure how much money. Oh man, I made so much money. I ain't never had so much cash. And hey man, I gotta go to the ATM machine. Yeah, hey, that's the. Is, I, if that ain't I, the line, ain't that the line? I gotta go to the ATM. ATM. Yeah, man. I ain't going nowhere. Listen, I'd be like, well, we we can go together. I uh, I don't mind walking you. You need a friend, right? Though it's right up the street. I can show you. That that that's a true story. I love it. Listen, you can't top that. I, I, I'm gonna just tell for everybody. Thank you for sticking around with us. If you want to hear more of Stevie Ray's stories, guess what? He's got a podcast. So a whole ass podcast. A, a whole ass podcast, and you get all of Stevie Ray uncut without us jibber jabbering. Stevie Ray, could you please, if you could, just let people know where they can follow your podcast. They can follow me on Twitch, man. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Monday night, we call it Slapjack Monday, man. I have my comedian buddy, Jimmy Tibbs. And what I'm doing right now is putting a lot of things in the can. That's what I was doing right here when I started talking with you guys tonight. Because I'm getting ready to do a lot of editing and start putting a lot of stuff on my Patreon channel. Because a lot of my content got erased some kind of way. A bunch of my interviews and stuff got erased. So I'm kind of uh. Starting from scratch, but it's all good though. My mother used to always tell me, "Boy, don't you don't, don't you cry over spilled milk." That's why it spills what you get clean. That's why you never see me panic about nothing, brother. It's just it. and make because if you cry, my mama will slap your ass right upside the head. You think I needed that? Yeah. What the tears doing for you right now? Are and, 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 and Jay, make make sure to put that on the shirt so that we can start. Getting his merchandise out so he gets Stevieville and get his uh content back. Thank yeah. you, Jay. <laughs> oh, trademark Stevieville. Nice. I do some. Me and Sonny Elno do uh, uh, we do a show together called Tokyo Heat where Sonny and I just chop it up about different things that you know we kind of chronicle some of the old things in the wrestling business outside of the business that people want to hear about, right? And stuff like that. And uh, on Wednesdays, I'm starting to have different guests now. I had Dale Burnett on uh, last ne- last night. He's a good friend of mine. He's a huge, well, Tennessee Titans number one fan. They even put him in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that up there in Tennessee. And I had to go on him about my Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town and just eating him like a bowl of collard greens. Listen, LJ, LJ and I, okay, LJ is a definite full-fledged Steelers fan. I'm a oh. big, I'm a big Steelers fan, but I'm from Philadelphia. So I'm an Eagles fan. Oh, no, no. You saw how my OG looked at me? He was like, you a what? Hold on. Stevie, he going to whoop my ass. Let me clear this up. Okay. Ron, Ron, I'm an Eagles fan first and foremost. But you got to understand, I grew up as a Steelers fan. Terry Bradshaw has, I have a signed Terry Bradshaw football. I was, I'm ball bomber. Franco Harris. I'm talking about, I've been a Steelers fan most of my beginning life, but I, all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stevie Ray. I declare it up. Hey man, ain't nothing wrong, nothing wrong with, uh, you know, being a Steelers fan or Eagles fan or anybody fan. I just, I just don't like fans that are fans of football teams when it's convenient. Mm. Like oh, you mean Cowboys? Cowboys. 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 You know, in Texas, that's like a cult down there. But you also got your diehard Packers fans down there too. So when the all of us was winning, this whole city was crazy. And then when they started losing, nobody gave a damn about them no more. Oh yeah. Then Thanks. they start pointing fingers and stuff like that. Yeah. So you can never build a culture 
And it's one thing I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because I'm just anti everything that everybody else is into. I'm from Texas, okay? Everybody gonna love the Dallas Cowboys, you know? Yes, so no. I can't love the exactly. See, I like I'm not a bandwagoner. You ain't about to tell me now. Like the only Texas team I rep is Spurs. I'm a diehard Spurs fan, but otherwise, you can't tell me that I have to like rep a team just because I'm from there. I mean, right. chat. Well, you know, down here in Texas, it's a little different because football is like religion. Yes, and mm. and Cowboy football is like, I don't know, being a, a a terrorist for religion or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, my family is from, a lot of my family is from Shreveport, Louisiana. Terry Bradshaw <laughs> is from that same area. He's so nice. My older brother went to Grambling. Oh. The Steelers, Steelers drafted a wide receiver from, it was before he got there, but still, the correlation. Right. So I always thought I had a closeness between Terry Bradshaw and the guy was named Frank Lewis from, and me, Joe Green, is from Texas. Yes, the white, the white, white is from Texas. Uh, I'm not, not and uh, not, maybe not Dwight, but Ernie Holmes. He's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Blunt was from Louisiana. So I always felt geographically I had a closeness to these guys. Yeah. So that's why when they drafted Franco Harris, I just thought that was the coolest name I had ever heard before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Franco Harris, man, what a cool-ass name. With the big, that's back when he had the big fro. Fro, yes. That, look, that's... Ah. And I just felt a closeness with the team. And this is before the Super Bowl runs and all right. that stuff. So I just started liking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to tell you, the day that really cemented my love for the Steelers was the Immaculate Reception. Reception, I knew it, yeah. <laughs> I was always a defensive guy, so that's still curtain defense. I like anybody. I like any team that can whoop somebody else's ass. And I'm what? talking about look, 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 everybody on look, offense is cool to watch, but it ain't nothing like seeing a punishing D line yeah, stop, stop stop a team for four them. downs for for an entire game. Talk about a whole game. Just, I mean, like waves against the. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm enjoying right now. That is why I'm enjoying Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah, yes. Bud T.J. Watt might be the baddest dude in the NFL, bro. This dude might be better than his brother. Yeah, yeah. No, it, look, I, I, and mind you, it's kind of interesting now with COVID ball. That's what I call it. Like COVID ball. It, it, no, because football. Nah, it, it's a completely different game now. It, 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 but that's it plays the defense. To me, it to me it plays to the defense. Yeah, because if you got a lazy or out, uh, a conditioned offensive line, they didn't they didn't get a chance to go to uh n- n- no preseason games, no none of that. So that those offensive guys, they just now getting in their rhythm. It don't mm-hmm. look you either a smash mouth hitting motherfucker or you're not. <laughs> you got one job. If you are a cold hearted smash mouth hitter, that don't change. Well, you know, it's half the season in now. Nobody yeah. has any, other than teams that's got a lot of injuries. Nobody got any excuses anymore right now. 
Not now. We have the season in. Now, everybody should be in shape, unless you're on a team like the 49ers who's playing tonight that's got, like, everybody's injured. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then but, the Titans still lost a lot of people to COVID, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, they did. What I'm concerned, and this is what I was telling Dell about. It was because them, them suckers in Tennessee want to go out chasing girls all night. Yep. Exposing themselves to COVID-19. Yep. That game that the Steelers were supposed to play them got canceled. Yep. Then they made that the bye week. So now the Steelers got to do three road games in a row, starting with you guys. So that's why I'm still pissed off. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hashtag sugar. Because y'all want some ass. You know, yes. And I want my, and then I got to take my day off three days and three days, three weeks into the season. Hell's wrong with y'all. And they got players out there running the, running the streets. You know what I'm saying? And, no, and, listen. It wouldn't happen in Stevieville. That's all I know. It was just kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> right with Russo and the rest of them. <laughs> They will be kicked out. That's they it. Be kicked out of the Get out. And we, we deport. We, we when we deport you, we deport you. You yeah, got you, to go. Out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's no airplane. There's only, not, you can't even catch an airplane. We put them on the Stevenville Trailways. That's the bus service. <laughs> Trailways. Jay, just document it. We putting your ass on the Stevie Ray Trailways. trailways. Yeah. Listen. Guy. At this point, we got enough material for a whole nother show just about the merchandise. Just, yes. just the merch is its own show. Listen, we get we get ready to get up out of here. Stevie Ray, thank you so much for coming through. Jay, if you can, let everybody thank know where you. they can follow you and, and, and keep up with what you're doing with the party nerds. Hey, uh, every Monday on uh, Facts Confidential on IG Live as well as the Party Nerds Podcast every Monday night on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find Beautiful. Hey, legendary Ron Starr, could you let everybody know where they can follow you? At one and only Ron Starr on Instagram, at one and only Star on Twitter, Ron Starr, the one and only on Facebook, right here at Ringside Live. LJ, could you let them know? Y'all can find me at Goddess of the Odd. Usually underscores are in between all the words. It's spelled just like how you see it. D-A-W-D-E-S-S because, you know, black and I got to do things different. But that is my name on IG, Twitter, Twitch. Um, on Facebook, you can actually like find me under my government name, Lovely Thornton. May have to change that soon because, you know, no new niggas. <laughs> so we'll work on that soon but uh otherwise i'm here go ahead steve i want to say this i love that opening that you made man i'm gonna have to you gotta send me a copy there because i'm a great montage wasn't it, it was. for, i was for stuck the opening of uh man i love it you stevie, really stevie, stevie whatever maybe you don't understand we are now your head of PR and media for Stevieville. So whatever you need. Whatever you need. Whatever, we are all part of the coalition, brother. So I got you. Listen, I will put it in the Dropbox links, send it to you. I I'm, I love that you loved it. I, I that, that makes me feel good. I was like, I hope these are good clips. And I'm like... Oh shit, that was better than the stuff Vince them put the devil for, man. Look, man, put it. Look, we out here. This is what we do, y'all. Look, Stevie Ray, y'all already know. Make sure you go follow him because his 
it's very rare that we get a chance to get somebody so down to earth, so real, and talk about things, not just about his great and, and Hall of Fame career, but to actually have somebody come in and break down some up. of the social, you know, because people be scared to get into those topics with us. And it's just great to sit back and shoot the shit and enjoy this great commentary. King Kurt live, head nerds in charge, ringside live. Y'all already know what to do. And Stevie Ray, I'm just going to say right now, because I ain't even got to ask them. Whenever you want to come back, whenever, look, you have an open invitation. You are now our new cousin to the show. So you just tell us when you want to come to the barbecue. We will get the spades out, and we, we look. We, I mean, Philly barbecue ain't Texas barbecue, but we can. And do we something. eat good over here. Okay, wait, I can attest. I've been up here for over a year now, and the food is pretty bomb up here, especially if you at Kurt's. Kurt know how to burn. So I, I, like, I like the uh, cheesesteak. Oh, hey, listen, listen Steve. Look, I'm gonna just say this. If you you got my number, if you come to Philadelphia, just call me. That's all you, you got. You, 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 you will want for nothing, and you're going to eat good. Don't take them to no course traps. I heard you guys talking right before the show started about going to StreamYards. Yeah. You know, that's what I use. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, it is cool as hell. Right now, I don't know if they can, you do it on Zoom, but I use it, and you can show everybody at the same time. Yeah, see, right now we're streaming out to three different platforms, Twitch, YouTube, but I got to go, I got to do a lot of backdoor tech stuff to have that happen. I went on and tested out StreamYard today, right before the show. Right, the StreamYards can do all of that now, too. Yeah, yeah. it does it in one place. I, apparently, I'm late to the show, but trust uh, and believe me. I think you can do 12 people at one time. All right. Uh-huh. One, one, six. It was six, and I just well look. I, I can tell you now. By the time you come back, it'll be a whole new look because I'm going to Streamyard. We out. It's very, it's very similar. It's very similar, but uh, for some reason, man, it just it just seems to. I've been on other people's shows sometimes with Zoom, and I've had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you just send a link, it's so cool. Yeah, I, 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 somebody else, somebody, I, I did a guest spot and they use StreamYard and I was just highly impressed with it. Yeah. And yeah. another thing is, I can be on my computer right now talking to you, not my phone. I mean, I can be on my phone, computer with Zoom also. But I get but you. you. Download the link and all that kind of stuff. You know what the funny thing is, Steve Ray? I lie to you not. I got so excited about you coming. I'm, 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 I'm give, look, I'm giving y'all some behind the scenes stuff. I was so excited about you coming on. I said, well, I want him to be impressed. Let me check out this stream yard that everybody been talking about. But I had already sent Stevie the Zoom link. And I said, I'm going to look real foolish and unprofessional if I send him a whole new link. And I was like, I don't want him. I ain't want him to get in my ass because, you know, Stevie Ray ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and I, when I saw stream yard, I said, damn, I wish I'd have waited. This would have been much better to do. No, Trust I, I, think, I think you're okay. I think you're okay. See? But you know, yeah, all of them moving yeah. forward, though. Yeah, you can show everybody on Zoom, also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we all look, we all looking good, and and everything. Fortunately, no issues. But Streamyard, it just it, it gives a better feel. It's more streamlined, and I need this. I need to do over then. You got to come back on the show, 
And <laughs> no, 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 because we ain't even got to talk wrestling at this point. Because now I know, I, I know how Stevie get down. We can really get into the meat and potatoes. And 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 if you got any time, you just let me know, and we'll set it up whenever. Oh, that's all. Good. Like I said, whenever you guys want to talk about something that's you want to get an opinion on or something like that, or something happening to that's out there in the wind, you know, just, like the presidential you know, election. Want to get my opinion on? Uh, just holler at me, huh? My man. Listen, we will set it up because, honestly, this world seems to get crazier, and y'all think it's going to get better after Biden? Trust me. We'll be here. The, the, look, the Stevieville Coalition, that's the, name, that's, that's the new name. Look, Stevieville Coalition will be the first ones to let you know what the real deal is. Make sure y'all come back ringside live. Stevie Ray, he's going to be back. We're going to set it up. Grandmaster Facts, thank you. Ron, thank you. LJ, the great, thank you. And for those who stuck around, commenting in the chats, make sure y'all like, share, subscribe, and make sure y'all go and follow Stevie Ray. Y'all can find him on Instagram, all his social medias. And definitely, I'm going to be finding out with Russo, because Russo out of pocket, and Stevie Ray got to keep G-checking him every episode. I'm going to find out what's going on, so I can leave my opinion in the comments. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. And much. We're going to get this work. We gon' get this one.